Hello, and welcome to episode 114 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, Captain Klensendorf, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello. Toss a coin to your witcher, <laughs> oh valley of plenty. He's in it. He's in it. <laughs> On this week's episode, <laughs> we have Morbius, we have leaked script, we have Oscar nominations, and other news and nuggets, all before <laughs> Sorry, that was so good. <laughs> all before diving into our flick of the week, Jojo Rabbit. But first, Al, what are we drinking? That was why I muted the call before, as I was trying to get that, that last little... You're practicing the pitch? Right, before, yeah. I had to get that, I mean, I can't sing worth shit, that's going to sound <laughs> terrible, but everyone's going to love it. Um... I wanted to get the valley and the plenty <laughs> uh, perfect, so... Uh, <laughs> nice. Stay uh, tuned after the episode for Witcher Watch. Witcher Watch, yeah. which sounds great. Sounds fantastic. Um, we're drinking Goose Island Beer Company Summertime Kolsch. Why are we drinking summertime in the winter? I don't know. It just sounded good. <laughs> it's the uh, first it's thing you grab out of the fridge. <laughs> No, I looked at a couple of things, and I was like, some of these things are really not going to work for the episode title, sure. so this was the most generic that I think I can craft something that's almost coherent with, so. I, um, I man, I'm upset that it didn't even, I was wondering why you picked it, it didn't even dawn on me <laughs> that it was a German-style culture. Yep, um, which won't actually feature into the title at all, but I did like the little bit of, uh, oh my god, I just completely blanked on the word I was looking for. Uh, I, I went with... I want <laughs> Jesus Christ. Synergy is the word I wanted, but the word that Synergy. came to mind was symbology. <laughs> oh yes. And I was like, it's You're an expert in namiology. Right <laughs> yeah. It's funny as it would be, since we both love um Boondock Saints, it just was not the correct word and I couldn't find the right one, and symbology was just locked in the middle of that. <laughs> it's just in there. It's forever ready to go. <laughs> this went from one of our strongest openings ever to a horrendous um beer category. So let's go with the Goose Island Beer Companies. Summertime, German-style Kolsch, it's six, no, sorry, 5% alcohol by volume. It's got 20 IBUs. Um, it also works perfectly because later on, I'm definitely going to drink one of those Goose Island IPAs you gave me, um, which, why did you give me those? Goose Island's good stuff. Oh, I. the thing is, I don't drink a ton of beer just in general. Like, yeah, neither do I. And, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're in football season right now, so I'm drinking exactly. on Sundays, but like from Monday through Saturday, I only drink beer on Tuesdays when we record. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. But the thing is, like, I'm not really, and sometimes you go for the double. I usually just have the one show beer, uh, and if I want to have another beer, I'd usually grab something hazy, and uh, I've been trying to keep those in the fridge. Although I will say, you know what? We're gonna, here's another tangent. Uh, people are putting the word juicy on their beer a little too willy-nilly these days because i've been i've been had twice now <laughs> like it's just not, and i'm like ooh, this sounds great and then i crack it open i'm like nothing about this is juicy i, I haven't heard i've been had since easily 1950 <laughs> horn swoggled i was bamboozled ba- oh damn it i was going with bamboozled <laughs> all right let's give this uh, sucker a taste shall we yeah uh, cheers, cheers. What was that sound? <laughs> oh, it's, it smells really nice. And I'm not like the biggest Kolsch fan. Like, not that I dislike them. They're just very, very plain. Mm. It Kolsch's, I like it, Kolsch's better than Pilsner's because Pilsner's are the most basic. But okay. what were you going to say? It, it tastes sweet. Uh, a little bit, but not like 
It's not like sickly. It's not like something that's like a fruity beer that's got like artificial fruit flavor that makes it taste too sweet. Or it's not doesn't have a ton of residual sugar or anything like that. It's this mm. is a very good example of a German Kolsch. This is a very solid beer. The only Kolsches I ever really drink is from Newburgh, and I haven't had theirs in a long time. So mm. is 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 summertime the time for Kolsch? Uh, yeah, spring or summer. Okay, All right. good to know. Good to know. Um, it's, it's light. I, I, it's easy drinking. It's not gonna offend you if you're drinking it outside and hot. It's the perfect outdoor like barbecue type beer. I'm not okay. So here's the Goose Island is 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 decent. I'm not the biggest fan, but like of the when you go to a stadium, of the choices, <laughs> that's the one that I would get is the Goose it's just IPA. A legitimately solid beer. I used to love the brewery. I didn't like that. Budweiser bought them, mm. um, but it is what it is, and I understand the business decision behind that. Um, I do think that they're one of the ones that still gets a decent amount of autonomy. Mm. They just get the benefit of the distribution network, um, but they were widely distributed before that, so I don't really know why it was necessary, but they just make good, solid beers. Like They're not otherworldly. They're definitely not terrible and generic. It's a good, solid brewery. Yeah, it's um, they're just fine to me. Just fine. Yeah, they're yeah. solid, drinkable. Never gonna be offended. Never gonna go nuts for it. Right. I enjoy my Honkers Ale once in a while when I get it because I haven't had it in a long time. <laughs> actually, I, actually, I feel like think... that one was good. I, I did. I, I think I had that with you for the first time. Yeah, we had that at. Is that an Arthur's, Arthur's. trip? Yeah, yeah. I, had, yeah. I had a feeling. The first time we went to Arthur's, that was the first time you had that. Nice. Oh man, that was off tap too. I could really go for an hour's sake. I just, it's been too long. Brian, I still hate you. I hope you're listening to this episode. I still hate you for ruining our first trip to our stake in like three years. So here's the thing. Do I bring my mobile setup with me? And do we just record our stake as an episode? <laughs> review our stake. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just a solid review of our steak, our hot cherry peppers. Maybe a little know. French onion soup. Ho- so do you think they'd host us for an episode? Or <laughs> I mean, I could just put it on the table. No one has to know. <laughs> When the waiter comes so by, loud. I'll just say, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, part of how you know Arthur's is great is because it's always loud in there. It is always um, loud. And not like bad loud, just like people having a good time with their steak loud. Um, exactly. A nice liter of beer, a French onion soup, like you said, some hour steak with roasted cherry peppers and roasted potatoes, and that's about a perfect evening, right? In All right, so I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I tend to think in cartoons, and uh, I have this... Sorry. Sorry, what? Yeah, it's just to think just, in cartoons. Yeah, like like my my visual representation in my mind is a cart is like a caricature of what the actual thing is. So when this I think of Arthur's, what I see is like a the artwork? is you kind of like but but portrayed more like the 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 Buddha and like big rosy cheeks and just eating the steak happily. That's how I that's when I think of Arthur's, that's what I think of. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> that's, that's what I see. What are you trying to I say, see, when I saw you two weeks ago, two weeks ago to the day, I see a very happy said, owl eating steak. That's what I see. No, two weeks ago to the day, yeah. you said, "Oh wow, man, you're looking really good." Did you keep losing some? Oh no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with your weight. <laughs> I didn't mean to trigger you. This was more. <laughs> this was more of the fact that he's just such a happy being, a happy like caricature. That that's what I picture. Is a really happy person eating steak. 
That's what so I think I'm of when thinking, I see Alarcos. Now I'm thinking of anger management. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> oh, what did you say about the Great Buddha? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that he found it particularly funny that a man who weighed over 600 pounds could teach people about self-restraint. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we should... Arthur's... Yeah, Brian. Brian. Fuck you, Brian. It's not really Brian's fault so much as it is Brian's work's fault. Same thing. But I need someone to point my misdirected rage at, so... Point it um, at Cubits. <laughs> Cubits! <laughs> uh, so how many thumbs would you give this beer? Um, uh. Obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's, it's, it's a thumb. It's not... <laughs> It's. I mean, yeah, that sounds. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. It, I, like I said, you, you kind of have me on like the, on the half. I would give it like a half a thumb if we were, if we were doing half thumbs. Okay. So, but uh, no, it's it's fine. Uh, the can, on the other hand, this uh, this ghost of the Affleck avatar <laughs> on the back behind the summertime is actually very. I like that. Oh my god! I didn't even really like <laughs> process it. Cause it's so dark here. The that fucking light that's over me went out again. Mm-hmm. So. I just like when it goes on and it looks like you have an idea. The, uh, <laughs> or when it goes off and you think that my computer does. Yeah, the, the one thing I do like about their, their can is if you look at the very top, the, uh, the tab has a little star on it. And I just like that little piece of detail. Yeah, my, my hand got caught on that for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? But no, it's fine. It's fine. It's non, non-offensive. <laughs> it's, it's the best way to, be, to describe it, like you said earlier. Shall we get into some news and nuggets? What's that made a cheers sound. I don't even know what I hit this time. Yeah, better than the original one. Oh, oh, is this plastic? No, both things I hit were metal. Well, I mean, I'm not going to complain. We're doing a Start the show over. Start the show over. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can do One thing about this as well. Uh, uh, I don't know what happened to this can. I'm not sure if yours is the same way because I know I gave this to you. But mine is severely dented in a lot of places. So is mine. What happened to this poor thing? I mean, yours was in a car wreck, but mine... I was going to say, I thought, I, I thought it was because of the car thing. No. Uh, the fact that yours was means it probably came pre-dented then? Does mine have sympathy dents? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a dyad in the force, so the, the, uh, the denting of mine caused then a sympathetic denting of yours. If I wasn't trying to keep the nicknames that I give you at the top of the show relevant to the movie that we're doing, I would 100% call you sympathy dents. <laughs> I usually try to as well and I had a good intro thing that will be featured in our movie portion of the show mm. but it needed to be replaced by tossing a coin to your witcher fair enough fair enough let's dive in the first thing we need to talk about is Morbius this trailer dropped um, and uh, yes it did what <laughs> I said yes it did <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying no like I, mean, I was agreeing with I, th- <laughs> I thought you were like no we're gonna do that later but no, Morbius dropped a couple things here. First off, I think the trailer is actually really well done. I like the I like the sound editing mostly. That's what I really yeah, love I about say, it. Do tell me about because you were like, oh my god, that trailer was edited so well, and I was like, that never would have crossed my mind. I yeah, it was a good trailer. Like I I didn't think, wow. So what well, no, editing? <laughs> <laughs> Our triumph in editing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it there was, was just something Oscar nominated it, for, for best editing in a uh, It hooked me show. at first and uh and it was really a lot of it has to do with the sound editing and what they did with the the, the classical music overlaid and then the creepiness of him kind of singing the song <laughs> like throughout the trailer. Very weird. Also, 
I feel like it's it did a really good job of what I assume is setting the tone. I mean, granted, I know how they've done movies in the past. It can completely change by the time the movie comes out. But I feel like they set the tone really well. It felt very much like a... And not just because of vampire-style things. It felt dark and blade-like. Like, just like kind of gritty. Um, maybe he'll be introduced in this movie at some point. I don't know. Rehearsal? I don't know how they'll. I don't know how they'll do it. Maybe post credits. Um, speaking of post credits, the trailer has a pre-trailer and a post credit scene. What's that about? Did it have a post credit scene? I don't remember. Mine. So when I, I, I the one that I watched, it was like it started playing that the classical music, and it it was like showing Jared Leto's face, and it goes Morbius trailer in three, two. No, I saw that at the. What beginning. is that? Why are you doing that? I've seen that in other trailers before, although I can't... Not, none of them is jumping to mind now for, like, ones... But I've definitely seen that mechanic. But why? I don't know. I don't know why the trailer needs a trailer. Um, I searched for the trailer. I know what I'm about to watch. Ah, anyway. Uh, maybe for... I mean, I guess, it's beca- I guess it's because that's what's on TV. Like, that's how it is on TV. But also... It does that on why TV? Do I need a trailer to tell me what the trailer is? Oh, oh, that's really stupid. I was, I was leaning more towards the... Um, the Michael Keaton thing seemed like a post-credit scene, the way that it was thrown in there. Oh yeah, I don't know. It, like it, there was like I don't think there was a break in the trailer Mm-mm. before they did that, so I didn't realize that's what you meant. No, it just it just felt like that would be the scene that happens after the fact. The it raised so many questions though, like where <laughs> in the timeline, in the world, in what universe is this movie taking place? Well, it's entirely possible there's a substantial time jump during the course sure. of the movie. right? Sure, but. Is it? It's in the MCU. Um, it. I mean, it sounds like it, right? Because but isn't it a Sony? Or not? Isn't it? A, not what's it called? It's not. It's it, not a well, Disney MCU movie, though. Well, so here's the thing. I thought it was going to be purely Sony, the way Venom was. Right. But in the beginning of the trailer, the it did say in association with Marvel Studios. Okay. So that sounds like it's them reaching across the aisle. All right. And the fact that Keaton is in it, right. I that assume, just... then means for sure it's going to be at least MCU adjacent. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you don't finish that word, I don't think we could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that purely to piss you off. <laughs> just a skosh. <laughs> uh, guy who just bought a boat. Um, that's what you said. <laughs> No, I'm actually a guy who knows the owner. No, okay, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I know the owner. Uh, no, it, 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 nothing great about it. I just like the way the trailer played out. Uh, at the end of the day, just another origin story. Um, it's gonna have to do something very different to stand out and to be relevant. Well, vampires um, <laughs> feels different. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I'm curious how how tightly it'll tie into other events. Um, with Michael well, Keaton I'll, being in there, is it throwaway? Is, is it you, just like a nod? I was gonna say what, what I will say for as far as um, doing something different. If they lean into the horror aspects, that'll be something new. Yeah, that's true. Um, and because it felt like Venom wanted to but it never committed to the bit fully. Mm. There was a couple of scenes and sequences that were, but it never really leaned into it the way it should have, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's um, fair. This seems... It might actually do like it. Like it might, yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff that showed there that was featured as 
action. It's a superhero movie sure. or anti-hero, superhero adjacent movie. Like, so it's going to be, you know, more action driven. But if they can find ways, especially in the lead up to him becoming what, you know, to lean into the horror stuff, then, you know, that could really work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're right. It could be interesting. I found I found it interesting the whole color palette thing because, like you said, yeah, it does seem darker, and there definitely was some visual cues to that darkness. But there was also an undercurrent in certain sequences of vivid coloration mm-hmm. as well, which I found to be. I always like those splashes. Position, so yeah, yeah. yeah. those uh, whatever he's doing, his nightcrawler jam as he's flipping through the hallway. That was really cool. I was gonna say I got some nightcrawler in X two vibes. Yeah. Also, like, the the music reminded me of X Men of like the the more recent X Men movies, and I'm I never got a chance to look up to see if it was uh, uh either the same composer or something or someone related. Uh, okay. But. I didn't see the last several of them, so mm. the last one I saw was Days of Future Past. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so one of the things, though, uh, effects-wise, early on in the trailer, looks decent. That hallway scene looks really great, and then they show him at the very end. I think it's the very end of the trailer, and it doesn't yeah, look. Yeah, that wasn't a great look. No. Uh, like, but that is it just not finished? Do you think? Like, why I don't do know. it at all? It could just. Yeah, I'm not sure. It could be. Well, it's not uncommon for them to have not actually 100% finished CGI stuff for trailer stuff. They can still clean that up. It's basically like alpha footage for a video game. Um, but that didn't really... Times. That one clip at the end didn't really add anything. So I think you should, if it's not done, maybe just leave it off. Probably. I mean, we've we've debated the merits of individual trailers and the mechanics behind what they've chosen to do many mm-hmm. times. The good, the bad, the in-between so um, it's not like they get these things universally right. Not even sure. Marvel or Sony and Marvel in this case. Yeah. Anyway, I'm 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 curious. I'm not like, ooh, I can't wait for this to come out. But when it comes out, I'll be there. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, um, I kept thinking this was like a waiting for Godot type of situation where I wasn't gonna believe this movie was actually yeah. a real thing until like it hit theaters. Right. Um. Kind of even forgot a little bit that it was a thing. And then the trailer came out out of nowhere. I was like, oh. Right. Oh, yeah. They're really doing this. <laughs> this movie's actually being made. It's going to like release sometime in my lifetime. <laughs> this wine is actually good. Yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. And Keaton. So, yeah, I mean, I'm on board. And, and more of him, please. Just, just more of him. Just, I really... Oh, God, do I want him as old Batman. Just, just training the new generation. You know, yeah, just you saw, you saw you saw Birdman. It's really foul. Don't you dare! Don't you <laughs> dare! <sighs> give me a news. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a. I'll give you a little new. Okay. Uh, Billie Eilish is going to be doing the title song for the new Bond movie, No Time to Die. Nice. I, I'm curious. Uh, I think you, it could be good. Me and Brian. <laughs> so you, me, and Brian discussed awkwardly today. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, was I was working. He was work. He was working, but angstily working. So I think he would rather have that conversation. Well, it was just weird because, like, you and I had the conversation, and then me and Brian had the conversation. But all <laughs> and you were like, "I thought we were done." <laughs> yeah, kind of. I was like, "Oh, I guess Brian has nothing to contribute." And then, like, it was a whole new perspective to the same. And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Not that I had a problem it, with it. It, it was just—it was just—it it could be cool. It's—I think it's—it's it's a good pick. Um, 
Well, I totally get why they made the pick. I'm not surprised, really, sure. that they did that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, her style is odd for a Bond movie, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the sense that, like, they typically play up, like, orchestral stuff in their songs. Um, even, like, what's his name? Um, Chris Cornell, right? That's like, my favorite one. Like, I know. Well, at least of, like, the, 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 like, the modern batch of them. Um, he would not seem to be the type of person who would match with pure orchestral stuff, mm-hmm. and he's just got a pure rock voice, <sighs> and that's a great song. Man, I am. I got to see him live a few years before, and it was he. It was so good, and I know that I it's saw or- him. I saw him one of the very first shows when when uh, Soundgarden got back together, uh-huh. like almost almost ten years ago, whatever that was, seven years ago, eight years ago. Uh, I was one, I saw one of the first shows that they did once they got back together, um, and they were still really good. Yeah, oh, he had to, he had such a tremendous voice that, and also like yeah. pair that song with the best of the Craig Bond movies, maybe maybe the best Bond movie, and I, it's 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 just really it's really great. I I love that yeah that so much. I'm and, and Adele's is really good too, and but she yeah. I mean, she also fits better the style that they mm-hmm. typically do. I agree. Um, I never saw Spectre. I don't even know who did that. Oh, no, it's what's his name, Sam right? Smith. I was going to say Sam Hunt, one of those Sams. Um, and couldn't tell you who did Quantum. Couldn't tell you what the song was. Does not even sound familiar to me that there was a song. You could have told me there was no song. Out there. Right. <laughs> what was? Wait. <laughs> I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I'm, I'm more excited for this movie than I thought I was going to be. Yeah, I'm starting I'm, to get. I'm getting excited enough that I genuinely need to find time to sit down and watch Spectre. Alicia Keys and White Stripe singer Jack White. Oh yeah, that's right. Jack White sounds familiar. Another way to die. I don't remember this song at all. I don't Sometimes song, I think of Quantum die, of Solace and go, "Did I watch that?" And I know I did. I just I think I might have only seen it once. Uh, I know for a fact I only saw it once, and I watched it while I was packing for a trip. Hmm. Um, so my attention level wasn't very high. That's probably a good thing. I don't remember what trip I was packing for, but I remember <laughs> watching it in my room, half watching it in my room while packing for a trip. <laughs> very vividly. I remember yeah. what I was packing. I don't remember the movie. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I remember him driving across the desert or something. I love how out of the... <laughs> you don't remember where you went or what happened in the movie, but you remember putting clothes in a suitcase. <laughs> Yeah, there was a whole thing with Central or South America, I think, that seems totally unrelated to him resolving the issue with, um, what was it, Ellipsis? Was that what it was? Is that because that's the trip that you were taking, not the trip that no, he was no, taking? No, no. Yeah. Uh, there was One of us was the... going to South America. <laughs> it feels like they fused together two entirely separate movies into one movie. Yeah. Because, like, the first third of the movie and the final... 15 minutes of the movie have nothing to do with happen- what takes place in the second and third act. It was, it was a very strange misstep. I remember the chase scene in the beginning that picks up directly after the end of Casino Royale. I remember that that guy gets killed after they get a very small amount of information from him about... Was it an ellipsis? Wasn't that what it was called? I don't remember. The, the criminal organization? That, that um, sounds right. And then there was something with... Um, oh, we had a conversation about this on New Year's, too. Although I don't think you were there, because I forget which of the... Oh, it was, I think, Gemma Archerton was the 
Bond girl, and I called her Olivia Wilde. I had I sometimes get the two of them confused, and I don't know why. Hmm. Um, but me, I remember me and Diana got into an argument about whether or not Olivia Wilde was in a Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, a fair, I mean, a very low stakes argument. There was no like sure. anger, red faces, or anything. It was just like, huh. I think I might have got that name wrong. <laughs> and then I realized, yep, I did that thing where I transposed those two actresses for some reason. Um, but yeah, that's about all I remember from that movie. Yeah. I will, you know, I gotta rewatch it. I think I have it. Yeah, I have it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I would have assumed you did. I'll give it a go. Uh, right now, there is a collection at Best Buy for the, um, the, the, it's the Daniel Craig collection. And I'm like, why are you doing that when there's another movie coming out? Like, that's advertised that I'm pretty sure you're including a ticket to in the box. Like, is that what makes it part of the collection? Do I get a digital code when it's Craig collection part two? It's just the one. It's like a, it's just an appendix. Uh, Yeah, I actually, I was going to grab that because I was like, Ooh, I'd like to watch them. I'd like to rewatch them. Uh, Rewatching them in 4k sounds nice. But then I, I have this. I don't want to have another collection that says it's the collection and isn't like the Star Wars complete saga that I have that is not the, the complete saga. The Star Wars semi-complete saga. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, there is a leaked script that you shared with us or shared an article uh, with us. Uh, what I read out of it was the opening crawl, an alternate opening crawl. And I was like, that's the voice. That's what it should have been. Yes, that definitely did feel like it fit better for anyone who isn't sure what we're talking about. We discussed in our Star Wars episode that for whatever reason, and I, I'm not entirely sure what, I can't really define it, but the opening crawl for episode nine just does not fit. It is incongruous with the other eight that aren't even all George Lucas. He only did six of the other eight. Yeah. And somehow seven and eight, they got you can take your issues with whatever you want in those movies. The crawl feels right in both of those movies. Nine just doesn't, the syntax and structure of it does not feel right. It's it's funny though when you uh, how realistic do you think it is that that is an actual leaked script because it just feels like the stuff that Well, I didn't get to follow the link and we see wanted where instead. it is. They tried to they tried to like burnish the bona fides of those people by saying that the script that they leaked that was for the movie was actually correct. So it's entirely possible it's correct. The only thing I'll say is where the hell did they get it from if they extract sure. it you know what I mean like like just how did they access it? Um, but the thing is, even if it's not made up, and I'm not even saying that that script would have been great, but it feels like it fits with where eight left off. Yeah. Would have made more sense to the story that seven and eight told. That's fair. And the thing is, there's some aspects of it that are clearly similar to what goes on in nine anyway. Mm -hmm. The big difference being just an utter lack of Palpatine, right? Yeah. Focusing on the central conflict between Ray and Ben, um, which is the way eight seemed to tee it up. Yep, for sure. And was the way that I very much thought it should go and would go because it, you know, made sense with the story they were already telling. Um, but I don't know. There's, like I said, there's some similarities between all of that and the fact that in the end, Ray and Ben ends up not surviving. Um, Ray calls to the Jedi and the Jedi speak to her. So. Like, there are some similarities. Uh, they've said that they totally scrapped the Trevor script when they redid it. I don't believe that, actually. Sure. I'm sure they took some things from it. What? Even if they didn't, I, I try, to, even if they didn't try and rework it. What happened there? I, I Do you remember what the story was um, with that? There was some rumors of 
him and them not 100% getting along. And okay. also at that time was when that movie he made that some people consider the worst movie ever came out. And I think they just got scared and fired him because... What movie was that? Oh boy, that movie's... Uh, was it the Book of Henry? Is that what it was called? Oh, I, I don't know. That doesn't sound familiar. I think th- I want to say that's right, but because if it's not, I don't know where I just came up with that. Let's see. I'm I'm pulling him up just to see what. Uh, hmm. It was I think Christopher Plummer was in it. As a, it he directed out. this this movie that we're talking about, or I Jurassic so. World Three: Battle at Big Rock, The Book of Henry, directed by 2017. That fits the timeline. Yep. That's the one. Huh. Interesting. Remember, this This is right around the time they had very publicly separated with Lord and Miller, and then just a couple of months later, they got rid of Trevor. <laughs> we're just so, going to fire everybody. We're cleaning house! Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, whatever. Uh, uh, I'm not terribly surprised that they got rid of him as a director. I wouldn't say that... I mean, even as much as I enjoyed Jurassic World... Um, like, it's not an amazing no. movie. I wouldn't say that it was, like, a wonderfully directed movie. It was a good, solid action movie. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Big fun. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Curious, curious what could have been. Don't... I'm not, like, I... We've, we've spoken at length about the movie. I'm not unhappy with it. Uh, it could have been... It, sure. It, every, everything could have been better, but it's fine. Uh, give me another new. Okay. Um, this is a fairly short new. The official new Eternal synopsis ties film to Endgame. Um, now, I'm going to say at the beginning here, I've seen a couple of people, a couple of places run with this exact story, with this exact quote, so I'm assuming it's real. Mm. I do find it odd that none of them link to something from Disney, specifically. <laughs> with This is admittedly, I looked at this earlier in the day, so it's possible since then that it has been officially posted somewhere, but when I saw this story come out with a couple of different publications, I went to... Like Disney's Twitter accounts to see if they post anything about it because they're usually pretty good about that and they hadn't, so I don't know. But Walt Disney Studios released a preview of their complete 2020 film slate Tuesday morning and included as a new expanded synopsis of <clears throat> November's Eternals that ties the events of the film directly to Avengers Endgame and also indicates it is culling plot elements from Neil Gaiman's 2008 limited series. Here is the new expanded synopsis. Now, I'm going to read this for you and I want you to tell me the one sentence that feels like it was just slapped on. Okay. <laughs> wait, until I'm, wait until I'm done, and you tell me if you can guess the sentence, okay? It's a little bit... It's, a, it's several sentences long. Marvel Studios The Eternals features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, ancient aliens who've been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. The outstanding ensemble... Oh, sorry, hang on a second. An ad just took over my screen, and I don't understand how. <laughs> I am very confused. <laughs> uh, no, go away! Amazing. Doing it live. This is terrible! What the hell? I can't even navigate my screen. Okay. What is yeah, it? What, what's ball. the ad for? <laughs> I, I don't even know! It, it, it's, it's like a Breva or something. <laughs> The outstanding ensemble <laughs> cast include Richard Madden as the all-powerful Icarus, Gemma Chan as humankind-loving Cersei, Kumail Nanjani as the cosmic-powered Kingo, Lauren Ridloff as the super-fast Makari, Brian Tyree Henry as the intelligent inventor Phaistos, Salma Hayek as the wise and spiritual leader, I'm not sure if this is Ajak or Ayak, but there you go, Leah McHugh as the eternally young, old-school sprite, 
Don Lee as the powerful Gilgamesh, Barry Keoghan as the aloof loner Druig, and Angelina Jolie as the fierce warrior Athena. Kit Harrington was cast as Dean Whitman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you figure it out? Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh-oh. I- what the fuck was that? Somebody... They- it went to an editor, and they were just like, you forgot someone. Oh, yeah. And I wrote it in with a pencil and one of those little carrot things <laughs> that it goes yeah. here. In the- <laughs> this was, have you ever seen the, uh, they did it, it as just like an intro for um, an episode of Family Guy. I don't even think it had anything to do with the episode itself. And they, um, they did, <laughs> it was like a s- superhero thing for all of the different characters as like the intro to the show. Actually, yeah, no, I don't think it had anything to do with the show, because I think, like, Peter was Superman. It was the Justice League. It's like, Peter was Superman, and it was like, you know, Superman, he can fly, you know, Wonder Woman with her lasso of truth, you know, yeah. Batman and Robin, and it's Stewie and Brian, you know, Aquaman <laughs> is Chris, and Meg, and she's just, <laughs> it's just Meg. All the other ones are in the costume, doing, like, the old school, like, looks like a Hanna-Barbera, like, style animation like fighting enemies and stuff like that it, it just all the thing with the the very like dramatic voiceover guy and then and meg it's uh, <laughs> amazing that's what they just did to ken harrington and Absolutely. i don't know why it should have just been like the, they should have finished it out and then at the end p.s ken harrington's in it too uh, it would have been it would have made more sense if they said ken harrington is in a yet as yet unnamed role like that even that would have made more sense because like okay they ch- clearly don't want to tell us what's going on right fine why is why is that like that? <laughs> That's great. Um, I have one more one more sentence from this uh, thing. Directed by Chloe Zhao, who helmed the critically acclaimed Sundance film *The Rider*, and produced by Kevin Feige, *The Eternals* opens in U.S. theaters on November 6, twenty. Cool. It's exciting. Um, I feel like the new the new systems are going to be coming out around that time too. The what? The new consoles are probably going to be coming out around that time as well. Oh yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm down. I'm I'm down for another Marvel movie. I'm o- I'm always down for a Marvel Marvel movie. I enjoy them. Of course, <laughs> as you know, Avengers. Th- I just need another reason to use our recorded theme song. Oh, uh, for the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to more in that universe. I, I am curious to know like where it goes from here in like a a new direction, new characters, new story, but somehow. Somehow still grounding it and what's already happened could be interesting. Yeah, um, I think that they'll probably be pretty smart in that they will take a while to build towards whatever big team up yeah. thing, right? And also it sounds like, I mean, the Eternals and Guardians, like there's going to be a couple of different ensemble films, right? Um, even Thor Ragnarok um, going into Thor Love and Thunder now has basically become an ensemble as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes us three years to really see where it's going. Twenty twenty four, or yeah, that's when that's when we're gonna get our next. I'm, I'm calling it now. Big event, or yeah, whatever. whatever it is, whatever big crossover <laughs> nonsense, crazy, insane movie they're gonna make that's gonna rake in a bajillion dollars. <laughs> that's when it's coming out. <laughs> 2024. Yeah, that's probably a safe guess. Uh, my next thing on my list is Oscar nominations, but I feel like we could save that for the end. So what else do you have? If you if you want, I got another quick little one here. Uh, this actually came out, I think, the day after we recorded last week. 
Um, Scott Derrickson exits Doctor Strange as director. Oh, right. staying on as an executive producer. I forgot about that. Uh, that did come across my list. Uh, yeah, that's... I, I hate to, I hate to hear that stuff, especially assuming... It's weird because he's, it's it's weird because it seems like he's been on board since the first Doctor Strange. Like, he's, I think, even been a part of some of the production of, like, Avengers and all that. Like, Like, I think he's been like a producer like he's been involved and on board i think this whole time because I, I don't i could just have missed it but i don't even know what he would have directed in between mm-hmm. then and now yeah i don't know do we have to worry do you think probably not just because of how early this is yeah. like I, I don't think they're even in production yet okay so do they have a date for that one though they do i don't they? think that was 2022 okay but not like a hard date just a a window uh at this point, it, it probably is a hard day because they have those windows, those screen window, like screening windows open for like two or three years in advance for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now they can shift one from the other, but they usually like buy those windows, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I, I'm just curious how how that affects things going forward. Right? It, it, I'm more concerned with a <laughs> as someone that has had to deal with deadlines in the past when something fundamental to the production changes. And the time doesn't move. It it always concerns me. Yeah, but the farther out you are on the timeline, right, the less import sure. it has. Sure. Um, and like I said, I don't even know if this is in pre-production. So right. Um, and the fact that he's staying on his EP, like, could be clearly beneficial. Yeah, he's probably um, p- they, passing the torch. They cited creative. They said they cited creative differences. So I I mean that sometimes that means it's really serious sometimes it means it's not i don't know if it's just i'm pretty sure that that's just a placeholder that somebody has hotkeyed when they write these articles oh absolutely Um, (laughs) at this point right that's it's always creative differences it's (laughs) yeah um i feel like they use more stringent terms when lord miller got fired from solo (laughs) (laughs) they fucked us (laughs) yeah but see like that was like they were in the middle of shooting right principal photography they were doing that is a much more concerning firing slash parting of the ways than this is in pre-production or even pre-pre-production. Right. So. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm down for another Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially, I feel like they kind of now have like a way forward as to what they want to do with him. I, I, mm. they, I felt like he wasn't as big a part of Avengers as I expected him to be. Yeah, the the characters that have like the uh, I don't know, like that have like the crazy powers and abilities that you can't fully explain because they're too out there. You have to keep them at arm's length otherwise I feel like it breaks the story. I guess so, but on the other hand, it kind of defeats the purpose of having them. Sure, that's true. That's like true. same thing with Captain Marvel. Like I the thing is he got caught in this weird in between where he was introduced long enough ago that he should be a part of the goings-on. And not like they were best friends or anything, but like him and Thor had a relationship. Mm-hmm. But the two of them never interact in Infinity War because Thor is out in space. And he's on Earth. And then he gets out with like that one team, right? And then Thor goes back to Earth. So they never cross paths in Infinity War. And then in Endgame, he's gone until the very end. Right. Um, but he was introduced early enough that he should have been part of the core defense, but he also wasn't one of the people who was very much primed to be leaving his contract, so they couldn't make him the forefront of Endgame. Um, I know, obviously, they weren't all leaving, but 
like a bunch of them were primed to be leaving the the series, right? Right. Yeah, I, it, um, it could just also just be. I don't know. There's they have an idea of what they want. They can't they can't use everybody to I guess like that strong. No, but just the, the the combination of how important he was in the lore of the comics. Sure. Like he is one of the Avengers. Like he's one of the first big Marvel characters to put Marvel on the map, from what I can tell. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not too. I don't, I'm not too familiar with his history, but I think he's introduced like back in the '60s. Hmm. Like he's one of the the big wigs in the Avengers. He's always one of the because of his power, one of the big, you know, leaders of what's going on when they do huge Avengers events or whatever. Strange. But... <laughs> Let's get into the Oscar nominees. Okay, uh, I've got them. I've got them pulled up here. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, based on what you know so far and how you feel so far. You're also going to be picking your winner. Big yikes! Um, are we going to be doing? <laughs> are we going to be doing a Oscars pre-show again this year? I probably. I don't know. I, the second edition of Flick, Flicks and a Whisk. Uh, oh, y- yes, absolutely. <laughs> we are definitely. This year, I will try to watch more of them. I, I'm in good. I've seen a couple of these movies already, so that's good. I'm in a much better starting point this year than I was last year. All right. Well, we can get, we'll we'll get you there. Yeah, you are. You've seen Yeah, you've seen a decent amount of these. All right. Last year I had seen like one of them and then Roma like a week and a half before the Oscars. Right. Yeah, a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> uh moving <laughs> to the Oscar nominees are in and this is uh this is your best picture list. We've got Ford vs oh, Ferrari, fucking, fucking The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I have seen six of these. So this is awkward, but I am on the actual Oscar site, uh-huh. and they do it in the order that they do the fucking awards. <laughs> so I didn't hear any of what you said, because I'm trying to scroll down to the bottom where the fucking... <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll send, you, I'll send you what I'm looking at so that we're on the same page. How's that? <sighs> that would be helpful. It's also, it's also very, <laughs> it's very readable. So, all right. Well, the thing I had was very readable. It's just not in the same order as you. <laughs> so, while you pull that up, I'm going to make my choice for best picture. From this list, I'm probably... I'm a little torn. Um, Wait, we're, I was on the same website. I don't know. What, yeah, I don't know, man. No, well, I'm on, the, I'm on the same website as you, but on a different page, I guess, because this looks different than what I was on. Okay. Strange. Uh, best picture, you're saying, what do you think? Uh, yeah, what, what, no, what do, you, what do you want to win? Let's put it there that way. Uh, I don't want to do the thinking is going to win because there's, it, I feel like that's not as fun. Um, I, what do I want to win? Yeah, out of, this, out of this list that you've seen so far. I know you haven't seen um, all of them yet. Any of these that isn't Joker. <laughs> wow, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to go... I mean, you know, you know my thoughts on the movies. So. I, I have very... Uh, man, I, I think it's got to be 1917, and we'll talk... Probably about this next week. I'm gonna put that as my yeah. Choice. Hopefully, I'll have seen it by next week. So uh, I was torn between 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for a Best Picture option, but um, 1917 is something think- special, and we're really gonna get into that deep when we do that episode. The thing is, of what I've seen so far, and I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, and The Irishman. None of those are Best Picture to me. Mm. This is kind of a weak class. It's a, I, I'm um, going to be honest. I Looking at the entire list, I thought it's a weak year for nominations altogether. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Uh, I've heard 
good things about Little Women. Mm-hmm. I've heard really good things about Ford vs. Ferrari. Um, I've heard that Marriage Story is a Best nom- best Picture nominee type movie. I've also heard it's yep. depressing as shit. It um, is. It's very, it's very I have good. Heard tr- of all these things, the thing that I've heard almost unequivocally excellence about... Parasite? Is Parasite. Yeah, same. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that. I don't think it will win because... It you know one of these things is not like the other right, mm. um, but from all that I'm hearing, I haven't heard a single person say a negative thing about that movie. Whereas I've heard a ton of praise for all these other movies, but plenty of people have had negative or mediocre feelings about them, including myself. Um, that's the one on here. Uh, I just haven't heard a ton of actual reviews of 1917 yet, partly just because I've been avoiding sure. them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's entirely possible by this time this week. I'm I'm on board with 1917, but um, Parasite's supposed to be really fucking good. You're going to um, pick that? I, I, I want to see it, so I, I'm rooting for it if for no other reason than I think it'd be a really cool story. Yeah. Especially when you consider the, the situation, and this is also why it won't win. Um, I guess like a couple of months ago or a few weeks ago, Bong Joon-ho said something along the lines of the Oscars is too regional. There's no chance of me getting nominated or winning. <laughs> nominated. <laughs> Like, he took an absolute shot across the bow of the Oscars, like, belittling it, like, preemptively, and then they nominated him, and I'm like, that's a fun story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so you're going to choose that? That's going to be your pick? Sure. Alright, moving on. Yeah. Actor in a leading role. We have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Where do you land? Um, I would... Pull for Jonathan Price just because I like him mm-hmm. as an actor. I've heard he did a really good job in this movie. I heard both him and Anthony Hopkins did a really good job in this. Yep. Um, it seems like a lot of people are thinking Adam Driver. I would. I, he's my is, pick out of this group. He's. Did my you pick. see? Did you see I that did. movie? Okay. Yeah, he's he's very good. Though the movie is very good. It's it's it is very depressing though. I was to say that's what I've heard. Um, the, I've seen a couple of clips, and I mean, he cer- certainly seems to be acting hard uh, yeah. I, I really I, I like him a lot so I I'd like to see him, feelings about him get an award um, Walking Phoenix is so strange and I, I he's he's won things he doesn't need it again <laughs> I also like and I love Joker I really do I don't I don't I wouldn't necessarily and I think he did a great job but I don't know that it's I don't know. It's not best actor. Yeah, job. exactly. And the same thing, like people were saying, Adam Sandler was snubbed. I I don't agree. I thought he did a really good job in Uncut Gems. It just wasn't. A That's funny because if if he was on the list, I would have picked him. Because uh, I was I was, as much as I didn't care for that movie, I was very impressed with him in that role. I mean, if you made me choose him or the movie, I would choose him. <laughs> if you made me choose I, anything or the movie, <laughs> no, like it was it was a good. Very good, even performance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't best actor worthy. And mm-hmm. I didn't think Leo was either. And I yeah, that's I why didn't I didn't think that Joaquin was either. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little. It seems like this is kind of a weak class overall. I didn't see this movie with Antonio Banderas. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to because I think this is the only thing it was really nominated for, right? At least of the big. Like, six uh, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll we'll see if it comes up again. Uh, actress in a le- oh sorry oh yeah so you Jonathan Price for you Adam Driver for me actress in a leading role we have Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. We have Scarlett Johansson. I, I, I like her a lot. I didn't even realize she was nominated. 
Uh, we have Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Sorcia Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Now, was Scarlett Johansson was nominated for Actress in a Leading Role and Supporting Actress, right? Uh, Wasn't she nominated yes, for Supporting she's Actress? Yes, JoJo Rabbit. Jojo? Yep, 100%. Um, Which she's my pick for Leading Role only because I haven't seen the other movies, and I, did, I do think that she had a pretty tremendous performance in that movie. Um, I, I didn't see it, obviously. I've been hearing so much more about Adam Driver in that movie, mm. specifically. I mean, I heard they were both really good, but I've been hearing much more about him. Um, I would hope. Yeah. Uh, or if I had to, like, root for one of them, I would pick one of Cynthia Erivo or Charlize Theron or Saoirse Ronan, just because I like all three of them a lot. Sure. Um, not that I dislike Scarlett Johansson. I think she's fine in general. Um, but we had a good time with Cynthia Erivo and... Uh, Bad Times of the El Royale. She was really good in Widows. Um, mm. I would be on board for her winning for this. I want to watch uh, Bad Time of the El Royale again. Uh, Renee Zellweger is probably going to win. Uh, that's just based, oh, really? based on just the other award shows, which are usually a good barometer for where things are going to go, but she seems to be cleaning up so far, so that's why I'm curious. But, well, there was someone who won in the Golden Globes who wasn't even nominated, right? Uh, yes, I don't remember who it was or what it was for, but that is a thing that I, happened. I saw something about it, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, shit, but yeah, I don't remember who it was now. All right, actor in a supporting role, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Uh, I didn't see, see it, I, but I'm going to go Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. Um... The one thing about Anthony Hopkins in this role is it doesn't seem like this is a role he did for a paycheck. Because, mm. like, just because it seems like a serious role. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but he's been taking a lot of checks the last 10 years. Mm. Um, not that he wasn't a great actor. He obviously was. Incredible as Hannibal. Um, I don't know what he was in as a younger man. Um, Pacino and Pesci and, and De Niro, I just don't get. They were all fine. Yeah. They were good to very good. What I don't get all this love for the Irishman. No. The movie was fine. It was an hour too long. It was fine. The all three of them were fine. Mm-hmm. The yeah, no, you you've um, got it. The movie is it's fine. Uh, I and, I like Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt was good, but again, not really Oscar worthy. I don't know. Uh, I I think he was really good in that movie. He's he's just he's so he's interesting. Uh, and I he would be my second pick, but I again I haven't seen a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I, I will be seeing it before. Um, the, the thing Boy, about sure. what's it called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Brad Pitt in that movie was he took very much the less is more approach like it was a very understated performance mm-hmm. it was good it was definitely his role was very enjoyable but not, didn't feel transcendent in any way sure sure well none of these seem like they'll be that way maybe Anthony Hopkins um, I'm not really sure I haven't seen that but I feel like that's the that one that's on most Netflix, likely so I'm to do probably it check that out um and Tom Hanks, I, it's just Tom Hanks. Give him, give him all the awards. Give, give him everything. Give him animated feature yeah, film. Yeah, he doesn't have. I don't fucking he care. He doesn't have enough. He's, he's been getting the. <laughs> he's been getting the uh, like the Meryl Streep thing lately, where he's just nominated and like. The to- he gets the Tom yeah, Hanks award. Given him. He gets that? the Tom Hanks award. Yeah, like I don't. I feel like they, he hasn't been given something really meaty to like sink his teeth into in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, give me some more Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, actress in a supporting role. We've got Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. We have Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Margot Robbie for Bombshell, and Florence Pug for Little Woman. Pugh? 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 Florence Pugh? 
Um, what do you got here? What do you think? I'm rooting for Kathy Bates. Yeah. But I don't know. I, from what I've been hearing, it sounds like Laura Dern's going to probably win this. She is really good in that movie. She is so cutthroat. And like she switches on and off between being like she's all business when she's a lawyer and then like when they're like on a five minute break she's like super sweet and talk and it's just like it is really fun to watch yeah it's a great uh, role I don't know. Uh, i'm rooting for kathy bates mostly actually just because of i thought it was a funny thing on on twitter where adam sandler was reacting to not being nominated mm. he's like good for it was like good for sandman like uh i don't have to wear a suit anymore bad for sandman not nominated good for sandman Mama got nominated. <laughs> and Tremendous. then she tweeted back, like, you know, Bobby Boucher, like, oh, you know, something like, you know, you such a great job. I always love you or something like that. Mama always loves you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Uh, all right. It was such like a whole, wholesome interaction on Twitter. So um, I would root for her. Uh, the funny thing is, they're watching JoJo, like, Scarlet was fine, but I, again, I don't see a supporting actress nomination into that movie. <sighs> I. Florence, P- Florence Pugh's having a moment. Like, she was in Midsommar. I'm kind of surprised she wasn't nominated for that because, mm. from what I heard, she did a great job in that. She's got Black Widow coming up. She's had uh, this nomination. She had something else that she just did in the last year or so, too. I don't remember what now. I'm going to go Laura Dern. Al's going to go Kathy Bates. Moving on to animated feature film. We have How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. I heard Klaus was good. Um, I saw Toy Story 4, and I know nothing about anything else, so I don't really have much of an opinion on this. I'm going to go for... I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to go for Klaus um, because a friend worked on it. Oh, cool. Um, so, giving that... That one gets my my, my vote. Um, and I'm sure it's... If it, most, I feel like in most cases, the animated feature films that are up there are usually very good. Uh, for when I have seen all of them. Uh, I will say Missing Link, when I saw trailers for that, I was as far from interested as I could be in a movie. <laughs> it did not it did not look good to me. Um but, but it was lovely it was lovingly made handmade by Leica, the studio that created <laughs> Coraline and Kubo in the however many strings I can't read it. <laughs> Cinematography. <laughs> We've got the Irishman, <laughs> Joker the Lighthouse, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. If 1917 doesn't win this category, we're not doing this right. I was going to say, it should be 1917 or The Lighthouse, but also, it's definitely not Once Upon a Time in Mexico. It's definitely Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's definitely what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, 1917, all the way. Uh, costume design, The Irishman. Why was The Irishman what? costume design? It's just fucking suits. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit, Joker. Once none of these scream costume designs. Maybe Little Women. Little Women and Jojo should be the only ones that are considered for this. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We'll get to this later. But there is a specific scene in Jojo Rabbit. I'm voting for that. That's why I'm saying you know, that I would. You, you said only Little Women. I said none of the two. The scene with Captain Clinton uh, or whatever the fuck his name was mm-hmm. at the end was. I was just for a, a second. I thought kiss. I. I was, I was like, what's going on here? All right. Directing. We've got The Irishman, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Uh, once again, I'm going to go 1917. What did you say? I said Bong Joon-ho. Go director. for it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I am really interested in seeing this movie. 
Me too. Let me know when you put it on play. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Documentary feature. Let's just skip this. I have no Documentary idea. short subject. Film editing. Know. No, actually, no. I've seen that. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. How? How? Is 1917 not up for film editing? Uh, I don't know. The movie plays as one continuous shot. <laughs> the whole movie. Oh, uh, the wait, the whole the thing? whole like, similar to Birdman movie. Yeah, except it's good, real good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Birdman was great. All right, for film editing, we have Ford vs Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. Um, I am no, gonna give this to 1917. Okay. And <laughs> what do you pick, what would you pick from that list? Are you gonna go? I said no opinion. No opinion. <laughs> uh, I don't have any input on the international feature film. I am going to assume that based on the options, that Parasite's going to win, considering it's also sure. nominated for every other category. Like, yeah, I don't know. Makeup and hairstyling: Bombshell, Joker, Judy, Maleficent. Mistress of Evil, Malef- Maleficent. You really Mal- struggle. Malefi- why can't I say that? Say it for me. Maleficent. 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 Mistress of Evil and 1917. I don't know. I'm gonna say it shouldn't go to Joker because it's terrible clown makeup. It's just, it's just clown makeup. Um, it's but bad. Like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a. I don't have a thing here. Maybe Judy seems yeah, like that would be a good pick for this one. This, considering the subject matter, doing makeup and hairstyling for Bombshell is an odd choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Music. Original <laughs> score. We've got... Excellent, excellent contribution. We've got Joker, <laughs> Little Women, Heard <laughs> Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, as much as I want it to be Star Wars, like, the, the score is super boring. Like... Seven was the only one where they made significant new additions to the canon. Um, I actually read an article on The Ringer um, last week about... There's this, this movie... The scholar of movie composition. Specifically, he's a scholar of John Williams. I can send it to you if you want to read it. It's a longer form mm-hmm. read. And I know that sometimes I inundate you with stuff, so I didn't send you this one. But I do think you would find it really interesting. Um, it tracked with a lot of what I felt. And also, I just learned a lot about the mechanics behind... Um, the themes and leitmotifs for the, especially the first two trilogies, um, that I found really interesting to learn as someone who enjoys movies and someone who enjoys Mm -hmm. Star Wars, who doesn't really know anything about the actual nitty gritty of making music or anything like that. Sure. Um, so (laughs) my own layman's feelings on the new trilogy's music was actually reflected very closely to this guy's scholarly approach to it um and basically what he said about eight and even more so nine was he didn't really do anything new because they didn't ask yeah. him john williams plays his hits yeah but see the thing is i when i was watching eight and nine i was like oh wow john the age is catching up to him he didn't really do anything new and this guy was basically saying no the director said Give me that old thing, and he gave them that old thing. <laughs> Play that same song. <laughs> well, because yeah, well, it came into well, it came into like, and this goes into the the explanation on what like a late late motif is and all that. Um, how these themes are tied to specific characters or something like the Force, mm. um, and how they are actually an integral part of the characterization of 
these characters themselves in the same way that script and dialogue um, and plot points and narrative plot points actually are, that the music themselves are just as important as the words and the physical actions of the actors. Um, and with no need for new themes, they're just calling back and playing those things because there isn't any new developments. Right. Which I found to be interesting. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I, I don't know. Out of this list, I, I guess I'll go 1917. Um, I don't... I can't yeah, I, I can't tell Joker. you that I, I could pick out the score of Joker and Marriage Story. Like I don't fully remember them being there. So No, I don't remember anything memorable from Joker from a musical standpoint. Yeah. Alright. Musical original song. Or sorry, music original song. Uh Toy Story Four, I can't let you throw yourself away. Uh Rocket Man, I'm gonna love me again. I'm standing with you from Breakthrough. Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, and Stand Up from Harriet. Into the Unknown is dope. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> that that was the one that she sings before she gets frozen, right? Uh, that's the one that, that's that the one that she one? belts. Yeah, right. the one before she gets frozen because she goes too far into the whatever. Is that when it was? I don't remember um, when in the movie it was. Wasn't that what it was? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Big year for Randy Newman, though, because he did the score for uh, Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. So, and he's got this as well. But uh, yeah, I guess I would go with the Frozen one. That was a good song. Um, you said he has this as well? Yeah, um, Randy Newman does oh. all the Toy Story. Oh, Toy Story. Story. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were referring to the <laughs> the Frozen one. No, sorry. Uh, all right, production design. We've got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Parasite, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, here's another one. Uh, this is no contest, in my opinion. 1917 should win this specifically. Again, the continuous shot thing, when when you go see this movie, the entire start of the movie, they're clearly walking through trenches that they built. <laughs> like It's insane. It looks so good. Um, so I'm going to I want that to win. You know, even though I was pretty mad on the movie overall, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had some pretty good set design, sure. considering you know a lot of it takes place on sets. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought Judge Rabbit, there was some pretty cool set design in that one as yeah. well, so, um, I w- any of those three seem reasonable to me. Uh, I haven't seen Parasite, so I don't know that particular aspect of it, but, uh. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, skipping over a couple here. Skip. Skip. <laughs> skip, skip, skip. Uh, I'm gonna skip that one, I really one don't too. have anything to say about sound editing. Or mixing. <laughs> Um, visual effects. This one's interesting. We've got Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, and 1917. Uh, Endgame. <laughs> See, now this one actually I feel pretty unequivocally positive about. Um, I, I actually thought visually that Rise of Skywalker was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be offended by that winning. Um, Endgame is also fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Rise of Skywalker can win for the, the battle with the waves crashing. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. The Lion King, meh. Yeah, it was fine. The like the Irishman, really? Wait, was that yeah. one? Of them? Oh shit, you're right. Visual effects. There was no effects in the movie. Oh no, it was because of the de aging shit. Oh right, that didn't look very good. Uh, writing, <laughs> no <laughs> adapted screenplay. We've got the Irishman, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, The Two Popes, and Joker. I'm gonna go Jojo Rabbit for this. I was actually going to go with Little Women based on what I've been hearing. Okay, I still have to see it. Um, my uh, 
Writing, original screenplay, Knives Out, moving on. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, we got Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I really would like Knives Out to get some recognition during this Oscar season because, my oh my, was that a fun movie. Yeah, Knives Out or Parasite both seem reasonable in this one. Sure. If Parasite doesn't go home with more than one Oscar, something seems to have gone wrong. Clearly, it's like a favorite, right? Like, it's in all of these categories. <laughs> Well, based on what I've read of people, I don't, I don't know about the Academy, but based on the critical acclaim that I've seen for it, it seems like it's been pretty damn good. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to watch that one. All right. Well, that's your Oscar nominees and some random wants for wins oh, without having seen everything. But <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll obviously check back in on that post the, uh, post the February 9th Oscars. What number is this? I was going to say, like, the blah, 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 Oscars, but it's not... Like, all of the things on this page that say Oscars, it doesn't tell me which number it is. I forgot, and I already closed the No, wait, so no, I don't... Even if we found out, I don't even want to say it. Moving on. Well, do you have any other news and nuggets? You have some stuff. You got uh, news. Yes, one final news. Okay. Pursuant to our conversation last week, Amazon has finally helped us and given us the entire main cast officially for the Lord of the Rings. Hey! <laughs> this is on Variety. This came out a few hours it's ago. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amazon's Lord of the Rings series has officially announced its main cast. Now get ready because I'm going to mispronounce at least 40% of Sick. these names. Um, Robert Arameo, Owain Arthur, and Nazanin Boniati are among the series stars. Also joining the cast is Tom Budge. Morphin Clark, who I mentioned last week, Ismael Cruz Cordova, Emma Horvath, Markella Cavanaugh, I named both of them last week, Joseph Mall, who we talked about last week, Tyro Muhafadeen, Sophia Namvit, Megan Richards, Dylan Smith, and Charlie Vickers. Quote, after undertaking an extensive global search, we're delighted finally to reveal the first group of brilliant performers who will take part in Amazon's The Lord of the Rings series, said series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. These exceptionally talented women and men are none are more than just our actors. They are the newest members of an ever-expanding creative family that is now working tirelessly to bring Middle-earth to life anew for fans and audiences worldwide. The Lord of the Rings series is written by Payne and Patrick McKay. In addition, Game of Thrones alum Brian Cogman has signed on as a consulting producer on the project, with J.A. Bayona set to direct multiple episodes. Production will begin in February. In addition to those previously announced, the show's full creative team will consist of executive producers Lindsay Weber, Bruce Richman, Gene Kelly, and Amazon's former head of genre programming, Sharon Taligato. Writer and executive producer Jennifer Hutchison, writer and executive producer Jason Cahill, writer and executive producer Justin Doble, consulting producer Stephanie Folsom, producer Ron Ames, writer and co-producer Helen Shang, and writing consultant Glenice Mullins. Bayona. Bayona will also executive produce along with his partner, Belen Atienza. This is exciting. It's happening. Uh, it finally feels like it's really happening. When you, is there a, a projected date for this to be on? Um, I think sometime next year. If I had to guess, sure. it'll probably be fall of next that year. That makes sense. I feel like that's enough. That might, that'll probably give them enough time. Uh, Al, I don't know what it was the other night. I was actually waiting for the show to tell you because I, I'm curious. It's going to make you happy, I feel like. I, I, <laughs> I, so strange. I woke up in the middle of the night with just a hankering to watch The Two Towers, and I don't know why. 
I don't know if I was having a weird dream about it, and I don't remember that part of it, but I was just like, man, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> and I guess I'm back. Good for you. I guess I'm back is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, man. Um, I, it's probably because we talked about it these probably. last two weeks. It's also been... It's also been what five years since we watched the trilogy? Don't so say like, that. Five years? That can't be right. Yeah, I refuse I to think believe it. it. Is. When were you living with Michael? Warren? <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Three, one and a half. Shit! Wow, that's crazy. All right, I guess we could do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just break it up. I'm just going to break it up this time, little by little. I'm really upset I didn't get picked to do the uh, Star Wars. <sighs> that would have been fun. I would have definitely liked to follow you along on that. Yeah, that would have been fun. I have a, I have one final thing here on my news and nuggets. Okay. Um, and for the life of me, I don't remember what I wanted to say about it. It just says Dracula? Like with a, like it it's, it says Dracula and there's a question mark. And now I know Oh, isn't there a Yeah, there's show? a Netflix show. I I, I wanna watch it. It's a, it's done in that similar style that um the Sherlock show is where it's like it's like a like three I think like three episodes and each of them is like around ninety minutes or so. Oh, um interesting. Which could be cool. I don't know. That sounds that sounds like something uh worthwhile uh, that I'd like to check out. And it's like I feel like it's like low investment because it's like you watch one and if it's like good enough, then there's only two left. But if it's not good What a weird yeah. way to approach that. <laughs> like, like you, there's only two left. <laughs> two left equaling the total of a long feature film. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. I wanna check that out. I was just curious if you had heard anything about it. Uh, I literally just heard about it a few days ago. I know nothing about it. Did you just send me a link? No. Okay. That's weird. On Skype? Yep. <laughs> I just It just popped up a link from you. Like, there's a link that I sent you with the Oscar nominees. And then they're, now yeah. they're on my like screen, there's like a little blurb saying from you is a link to that thing. Anyway. To the, to the Oscar thing? <laughs> yep. Oh, that is weird. Computers. Who really knows what's going on in there? Uh, <laughs> that's it for news and nuggets. Is it time for fun and games? Uh, All right. Good. Al, let's find out which character you are from The Mandalorian. Oh, nice. I I really tried to... I went down a, a, a rabbit hole trying to find like a, like a, a quiz that could associate with this movie somehow. Um, some of the things that I searched for might have put me on a list. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, be careful. Yeah, I was like, which her. Nazi are you? And it's just not. <laughs> it didn't, didn't work. Klaus Barbie. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Oh God. <laughs> I, I love Rat Race so much. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I love it. It's really not. It's just such an entertaining movie. <laughs> All right. The, the the faces that John Lovitz makes in that scene should have got him Oscar nominated. This is Hitler's car! <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out which character you are from The Mandalorian. First, Al, I will need you to pick a weapon. The Force, my fists, blaster, lightsaber. Lightsaber. <laughs> Duh. All right. What do you do in a fight? Try to stop it. Fight. Run away. Scream. Try to stop Try it. Try to stop it. Pick a Star Wars. 
Pick a Star Wars occupation. Bounty hunter, retired soldier, pilot, or scavenger? Pilot. Are you a fan of Star Wars? Totally. (laughs) None of your business. I'm just here for Baby Yoda. A little bit. (laughs) Uh, Totally. That is the shortest quiz we've done. You are the Mandalorian. Oh, nice. Uh, Why, you might ask? (laughs) This is great. Because it is the way. (laughs) That's all you need to Uh, know. I'm actually surprised that I'm not Moff Gideon, though, considering lightsaber and pilot. Right. But, you know what? Fair enough. There's probably only one answer. That's probably the only answer. I mean... No, there's got Baby Yoda has Somebody to be. made this quiz and like only remembered those two characters and it's just a random generator that flips between the two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm totally good with being the Mandalorian. It would have been really cool if they went like deep cut and I was like I don't know, May- Mayfeld or something <laughs> like that. But <laughs> t- t- tipped off by the question, do you like blasters popping out over your shoulder on an automated arm? <laughs> <laughs> you are Bill Burr. Space Boston. Space Boston. <laughs> All right, with that, let us get into our flick of the week. Jojo Rabbit, released in 2019, rated PG-13, with a one hour and 48 minute runtime, is a comedy drama war, according to IMDb. <laughs> a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. Al, uh, what do you think of this movie? Um... I'll give you my tweet length review. A movie built on dissonance, confusion, and conflicted tones of narrative. Fun and disgusting in a way that I can't quite rationalize. Also, heart? Fuck, I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, alright, alright. I've got bizarre, tonally aligned with the Grand Budapest Hotel, with a charming cast of characters, a semi-relevant commentary, Distributed by Disney? <laughs> oh, was it? Uh, well, it's no. Oh, I was. I was. It, it was a question <laughs> because oh, okay. uh, I thought you were doing it as in you were surprised, <laughs> not doing it. Well, that I am. I am surprised if that's the case. Don't they own like the Fox Studios? Oh, yeah, but I'm actually not 100 percent sure if Fox Searchlight. Oh, uh, okay. So. That that might be better, I guess. I don't know, I'm just... But you might be right, it might be. (laughs) That's why they kept the Um, names. They're just like, this movie might work. I don't want to say it's Disney, though. (laughs) It's funny that you said Grand Budapest, because actually, I got a couple of Edgar Wright vibes. Mm. Specifically, there's that one sequence where, I forget exactly, was it going into the house or leaving the house, where, like, she, like, shut the door, like, put the clothes on, and it was, like, right out of one of the three Cornettos... Um, yeah, like the quick what? cuts. It's like, like yeah, zoomed yeah. in on the exact thing they're doing. It's like tying shoes, unlocking a door, closing the door from the other side. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yes, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, but also, heart. I really had fun watching. I, I I laughed my ass off throughout this movie. Yeah, sometimes uncomfortably, but sure. yes. Um, and that's why I said fun and disgusting, like intertwined in a way that I I can't quite rationalize. And you're right, there definitely is heart. Um, I don't know if I'm actually supposed to like this movie. I felt uncomfortable, but you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, so that's by design. Um, there was some things where they were doing the bad thing or bad joke, and then it immediately pays off 
in a way that is sending up Nazism and white supremacy. So that's effective satire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of that done really well. But sometimes they lean into it too long and don't pay it off exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's poor writing or poor editing. But there's a couple times where they do it and they kind of leave it as like an ellipses as opposed to when like... And I'm struggling because I watched this across yesterday and today. Like I watched it 50-50. Um, so I just like I didn't retain some of the specifics. Um there was a couple of times where, like, they did the thing, like, exhibit A, this thing, and then the language and the way it's treated right after that is clearly saying, hey, we posited this as a thing that we're showing that Nazism, whatever, blah, blah, and then immediately telling you right after, that's bad, and, like, you're supposed to know that, and good, properly done. There's a couple times where they didn't follow up and pay it off properly Mm. i felt like i'd be curious to hear some examples of that um one of the things well i one of them has to be post spoiler because it really has to do with the ending of the movie okay um i really liked the relationship between jojo and elsa for the most part Mm -hmm. but there are some problematic power dynamics involved that don't all get corrected by the end of the movie Mm. And some of that actually has to go into what I was just alluding to. Um, but it definitely was really funny. There are some really well-written sequences yeah. and lines, for sure. I have some funny lines and some shocking lines. Uh, lines to shock and delight. <laughs> nice. Um, we'll get into those. And, uh, <laughs> I, I we'll get into those later. One of them was going to be my intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, a couple of things, then, before we get into, uh, into the post-spoiler territory, because I feel like there's a lot of fun things to recap, uh, like, by the scene as we get into them. So just a few things I want to, off the bat. There's a, I, I'm not going to say exactly what it is uh, until we get into post-spoilers, but the, the close-up of uh, Scarlett Johansson's character's shoes throughout the movie is really just, I, it is so good, and how that plays out throughout the story is really nice. So is the, um, there's a, this whole thing around Jojo not being able to tie his shoes and eventually being able to tie them, which I think is a really, and then tying other people's shoes. It just, it, it, it really, those, I feel like those scenes were very powerful, which See, that was one of those things where, like, some of the writing is really good and some of it is not as Well, that's what's interesting. Having that level of detail and that strong of a line through this, just this, just the anarchy that is the rest of the movie, (laughs) like, just the absurdity of it, of Taika Waititi dressed as Hitler literally frolicking around <laughs> the entire movie frolic was the frolic is also the word i would use uh, <laughs> it's just it's so funny because it it hits like it like both like yeah, it's like let's not forget like this guy can make a good movie and he does really yeah. fun writing but he's also really fucking weird and it's i love him for it he's so ridiculous well, once I saw it, when the first trailer for this came out, and I saw it was him making it, I was like, "Oh, this makes more sense." Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. There's a there's a number of of tremendous relationships which we'll get a little bit deeper into. Uh, but the one that needs to be stated up front before we get into the post spoilers: Jojo and Yorkie are the two best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> also, and because that kid 
was doing his best, but he couldn't quite hide his British yeah. accent. <laughs> Why is this um, little British kid in not the Hitler Youth Army? <laughs> yeah. Um, with the glasses and the hair and just his general appearance, did he not look exactly how you imagine Nick Frost looked as a kid? Oh, my God. Which, again, Edgar Wright. Oh, my God. It's perfect. I didn't even... That did not this, cross my mind. When, when the movie was over, I had to look on it to see if it was his son, because it looks and sounded so much like him. Oh, my God. Or at least what I imagined his son would sound like. That's so funny. I, I will say there's... Oh, I really enjoyed pretty much all of the performances, except for... With the exception of Rebel Wilson's character, I thought she was just very strange uh, and... Oh no! I liked her. I thought she did one of the best jobs. Uh, I don't know. There was something. Uh, you know what it was? There's a there's a final scene that made me feel really icky, and I think that's why. Well, that's yeah. A lot of that, this that's movie, that's probably um, what it but, was that really turned me off. But Sam Rockwell's character was just. Oh, <laughs> also, what was the point of casting Alfie Allen in this? Not that I have any issue with him, but he didn't let him do anything. He held that speaker. Microphone jam. The tuba? <laughs> <laughs> tuba in the middle of a war zone? <laughs> Sam Rockwell's buddy. His yeah, buddy. but he didn't have any lines. <laughs> no, he didn't, right? He didn't say a word. Did He He might have said, like, one thing in the distance. He said, Hall Hitler. <laughs> didn't they all? <laughs> to get to that. Uh, all right, with that, let's, let, let's go into the post-spoiler territory. At the end of the day, I, I, I think this movie's worth seeing. Oh, yeah. The thing is... Kind of like in the death of Stalin, where it makes me really uncomfortable. Absolutely. But I, like, I really enjoy the movie. I'll probably feel the same way about this as well. Although, this one pulls you in closer. Like, you have to embrace, as weird as this is to say, you kind of have to embrace Nazism a little bit to watch the movie. At the end. To then ultimately disregard it. Whereas you never have to embrace Stalinism to enjoy death of Stalin. Sure. Uh... uh... I wouldn't say you have to embrace Nazism. Uh. What, what I'm saying is that your point of view character, yeah. someone you're supposed to empathize with, is a fanatical Nazi yeah, child. True. So it's like, what, what the hell is the name for that? Um, you know in math when you learn proofs mm-hmm. and then you learn, uh, what the hell is, is it? Mike's probably yelling at me. <laughs> hey, Mike. There's the one where you set out to disprove the thing, or you start out with an incorrect supposition that you then have to prove is incorrect, mm. and thereby doing a actual proof. And I'm I can't remember what it's called now. And that's kind of what this movie is doing. Yeah. Where it's called Jojo Rabbit. Jews should. Well, <laughs> it's what? called Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, no, because like you're saying, like supposition, Jews are bad and they should die, and then like they tell you why that's wrong, right? Which proper jews shouldn't die (laughs) they're just human beings um but like because you're viewing it through the lens of someone who believes this Mm -hmm. you're forced to engage with that thought process to then come out on the other side of agreeing with yes we shouldn't kill jews because they're jews you know what i mean i i I don't know i don't i I never really got that take on it just because like, like i don't know you know it's wrong and I'm not saying that you ever have to agree with it. I'm just saying that, well, I, at least I surely hope that you're not agreeing with it. But what I'm saying is a Nazi officer says, kill the Jews. Mm-hmm. And then the little kid who is a fanatical Nazi says, oh, I should kill the Jews. Oh, I, then, I think I understand what you're saying. You, 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 have to get, you have to try to understand why he thinks it's good. 
You, that's what like getting yes. into. Okay, I I got you. So you're forced to embrace these terrible, disgusting right, things right. in order to get through to the other side of. Wow, we were wrong to think that. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like something like the death of Stalin never forces you to get on board with communist Russia is good. Sure. You know what I well, mean? Yeah, one could argue that it's a it's trying to get you inside of the head of the person that you disagree with so that you can make a point or that you could have an but argument like, and it's a dialogue. Like, it's like if you made it's like if you made a Hannibal Lecter movie, but from the perspective of Hannibal and are forced to contend with I like eating people, and then at the end Hannibal's like, oh, I shouldn't have been eating those people. You know what I mean? <laughs> As opposed to doing it from the perspective of Clary Starling or um, Will... Oh my god, I can't remember his last name, which is weird. Uh, but you know mm-hmm. what, I'm, what I'm getting at here. It's, it's just... It's a, it's a matter of perspective. If you saw this whole movie from Elsa's perspective, you would never have to engage with it in that way. That's, that's true. you already know that... that well, sorry, that's true. No, you, you, make, you make a valid point. Uh, that being said, I I encourage everybody to watch this. I and you know what? Don't I, I don't mean to discourage. I'm just saying sure. it can make for, and it is supposed to be awkward. But because of how deep down this rabbit hole you have to go with it, like if you're not already, it's a weird movie. It's a paradoxical movie because you and I don't aren't white supremacists, and most of the people who are going to enjoy this movie aren't white supremacists, mm-hmm. and people who are white supremacists are never going to watch this movie and get the lesson sure. at the end. So it's like, I, to a certain extent, I'm watching it, and I'm like, well, what's like the point? It doesn't work as like an informative parable because you're preaching to the choir, kind of. Yeah, but aren't you in most cases gonna, with movies? Like, aren't you in most cases with movies? No, because not every movie is trying to teach you a lesson. Hmm. That's true. I don't think he is. Well, and that hang, hang on though. That might be what the difference is here. I don't think that he's necessarily trying to teach you a lesson. I think he's like he's doing his weird. I find this thing funny. I know that it's not going to make a difference, but I think it's silly, and he's putting it out there. I I don't know. I, I think he has something to say, that, but he doesn't. I, yeah. Well, the thing is, you can't do this movie without having a message to say, and the message is as obvious as white supremacy bad, Nazism bad, and yet. <laughs> There are so many thousands and millions of people in this world who still believe that it is a good thing. So those people are never going to engage with this movie. Um, And the many more of us that there are in the world who don't believe in killing Jews for the fun of it um, are always going to... We already have learned the lesson the movie is trying to teach. The thing is, you can't make this movie just for... What is the pitch exactly? Nazis are funny? Um, Nazis are dumb and we should make fun of them. Okay, fine. But again, that's preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just is, is, it, is it that your problem is that you're not, you don't know what the movie's trying to be? I, yeah, I, from the perspective of anything other than entertainment, I don't understand the point of this movie okay. being made. Yeah, that's fair. And in that case, this leaves this in a weird, nebulous place yeah i to not know its purpose mm-hmm. you know i got you i got you i mean i still enjoyed the movie i i didn't like completely love it but it's a good movie sure. there are some really funny stuff in it there's some really heartfelt oh yeah there's a lot of there's it. some very sweet moments in the stuff. movie but it is it exists in a very weird yeah niche. it's very strange weirder than even if you just said comedy about hitler and nazis already a weird niche and yet somehow this is an even more smaller subsect mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's out there. It is out there for sure. Uh check this out. 
check this out and come back to the post-spoiler territory, which is where we're headed right now. I wanted to hear some of the things that you said that you were alluding to earlier. I'm struggling to remember. I just remember there's a couple of times that after some of the engagements between Jojo and the Nazis Mm -hmm. or Jojo while he's talking to Elsa about some of the Nazi ideas. There was a couple of times and I should have jotted them down, but I I just wasn't diligent enough. Um, There was a couple of times where I was like, you didn't really pay that off with the call and response. You just kind of left the call waiting. Mm -hmm. But I will go to the one that because it's. It's kind of tied to that idea, um, and it's more specific and guided, and I actually do have like notes on it, about the relationship between Jojo and Elsa, and how it all ends up with them at the yeah. end. Um, because, for the most part, again, you're forced to engage with this on a level of, your first supposition at the beginning of their relationship is, Jojo's afraid of her, Jojo believes that he should turn her in, that she should be executed because she's a Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, she categorically rejects that, of course, because, you know, she wants to keep living. Um, and she's under the protection of the auspices of his mother. Right. And so we always know that it's going to start Rocky, and then eventually, as he finds his humanity, will reject that notion. And he doesn't 100% do so by the end of the movie. Mm. And that's something more, like, there's been criticisms of a movie like, Gran Torino, where by the end, Clint Eastwood's character decides to do the right thing to save those Hmong people that are good people who are being bullied by that gang. But it never feels like he did it because they were being treated by racists and by criminals. It just felt like, I kind of like that family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where like, and I, to a certain extent, that's understandable for, like, you're talking about, like, a crusty old bastard. Yeah. But for a 10-year-old, like, they're much more malleable than adults, especially, like, 80-year-old adults. Is it, is it that the it, his turn was more about him, like, kind of falling in love with her rather than him coming to terms with what he was following was wrong? Yes, yeah. that's a part of it. It's not the whole thing, but it is a part mm-hmm. of it. Um, it's also because, and it's part and parcel, it's... it's inextricably linked to the idea of the love aspect, he's still manipulating her at the end. Mm -hmm. Which is fucked up. Like, it doesn't come... An element of it is that he finds his humanity and realizes, oh, yeah, no, she is just a normal person. She doesn't have mind control. She's not a bad... Like, all those things that I was making, like, Nazi jokes about earlier aren't true. She is just a person who's scared, and she's a good person, and I love Mm -hmm. her. And the thing is, even... And I do appreciate that by the end, he is no longer the romantic love, right? It's brother and sister. The two of them clearly state that. And due to the nature of the relationship and also their age gap where she's like seven years older than him or whatever, um, that is something that should be the case. Mm -hmm. So that's a positive overall. But, and I understand the initial inclination of, oh, my dad is gone. My mom is dead. You're the only person I have in my life. Mm -hmm. And I need you. But they gave him a chance to then soften and completely let go of that. And it looks like they're going to. And then they don't. Because he still writes the letter from Nathan's perspective. And that's a whole other thing. Uh, and then he, like, plays a prank on her? No. No, it, that was at the end. He was, 
he was i feel like trying to figure out if he could if he can keep her there that's what his goal was when he told her that the germans won and then realized that he can't do this and he let her go yeah but then he says she says is it dangerous out there and he says very and then they walk out and it's not and she slaps him across the face right that was and like they have a laugh about it but like that's of all the weird black comedy they did in that like that that's a moment for pure catharsis and they choose not to do i actually liked that line uh because i maybe it was missed uh the way that they handle it but i I, yes like out there in the world because it got to where it got to like yeah it is dangerous out there and it's always going to be dangerous out there that's what i got out of that yeah i and i i got it too but i don't like it based on they walked a very fine line and i didn't I tried not to judge it earlier in the mm-hmm. movie when I had problems with it because I was like, it's clear they need to do a break it down to build it back up. So I'm not going to judge until I see the whole picture. And then they didn't stick the landing is my problem. So retroactively, it makes those issues more issues. And it's not wholly bad. I'm not saying like like I hate it for anything. I just, it was messier. I kind of like it that it's a little bit messy because it, it, it's, it, wasn't, it wouldn't be a binary thing of him going from like, this is the way to oh no that's actually all bad he's having he's he's chi- like he's understanding and de- and coping with it as a 10-year-old child and making the move towards doing the right thing within that it it's a messy ending yes. and i feel like it's intentional yeah but i guess what i'll say is from the perspective top down of writing to then flowing to the characters mm. she's being trapped in a toxic relationship mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that being the way they wrote Jojo. But if that's how you're going to finish it with him, she probably should have slapped him in the face and walked away. I think there was, a, there was something to her staying uh, because of that. Um, I think it was more of like that bigger, that big sister relationship. Well, their relationship is symbiotic, but... If- if the same thing His happened and he was the same age and they were and it wasn't that type of relationship, she would have slapped him and walked away, I think. Yeah, but the the problem is so like she clearly cares for him mm-hmm. as well, but his inclination was to leash her to him and then he realizes mm-hmm. it's wrong, but still that's not the time or place to make that joke like that. Like you need a delicate hand in that moment. And they went for one more joke, and I it left a bad taste hmm. in my mouth. Not like ruin the movie or anything like that. It just it left me uncomfortable. Huh, interesting, because her compassion for him after her initial pushback because oh he's a fucking Nazi, which totally justified. Mm-hmm. Um, her compassion is what helps him find his compassion. It unlocks his humanity, um, and his lack of contrition outwardly because. He does it, right? Like, he, he, realize, he backs off, and he writes the letter that him and Nathan are going to... But she already told him Nathan's dead. Mm-hmm. So, him not being able to literally come out and say, I'm sorry, yeah. is weird. Like, he clearly cares for her, and he's in the process of the changing, but it needed a little bit more clear explication of, even if it's something of, hey, I've been super shitty to you, See that, trying to be better, I'm not there yet. Even that's mm-hmm. okay. Like, not that it has to be worded like that, but just 
something in that. Uh, area it it, it could have just been a he he also uh, maybe he has experience with people that that just do not know how to say that they were wrong, and that maybe that it's just another <laughs> thing that maybe was being drawn on, maybe not too much. I feel like a lot of this is just like a brain dump of random emotions and things that he wanted to say in a very weird setting. Yes, the only thing I'll say with that, though, that counteracts that is his mother clearly was that influence on him. That he should have been able to see it in her compassion. Mm -hmm. To him, and then retroactively him realizing the compassion she showed in caring for Elsa. Yeah, ultimately he does get there because of his mother and elsa yes yes um but and it's it's just a it's just a writing Mm -hmm. issue that it it's just it it unraveled at the end it's not it needed to be it's such a delicate balance the whole movie there the core relationship between the two of them that this whole movie is built around is so fragile that if you're gonna choose to like stick your head in the lion's mouth of what that represents, like Nazi and, and trapped Jew, mm-hmm. right? You have to be perfect at the end, and it just mm. wasn't. That's my feeling on yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. what it leaves behind is just a, a somewhat problematic relationship. Sure. You know? Yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I think you're making a lot of sense. I think the uh, what, you were, what you disliked about it, I... I about that ending. I liked one. I liked. I, I I did like the the relatively happy ending for those like like with her getting out. Uh, but uh, I liked the muddiness of of the exchange of like getting her out the door. I, I thought that I actually I thought that was what that piece of it. I actually thought was well done. Um, again, it's just like also I it mirrored. I I mentioned the shoes earlier. Mirrored with him. Yes. Uh, you know, early on, not being able to tie his shoes, um, just the lighthearted and just wonderful mother that he had. That like that scene where she ties his shoes together really cracked me up. Like it was so endearing, and he trips and he's and she says she's gonna leave him behind. Just for whatever reason, I just found that to be so heartwarming. And then to seeing her, that that uh, first off, if you want to, if you do a supercut of shoes from this movie, you're gonna have me bowling. That's just how that's just how that's gonna go down. Uh, to the to when he notices her feet hanging there. Uh, also give that kid an award for that scene. And then when he ties Elsa's shoes at the very right before they leave, like he's it almost is like yes he is he's he sees something he's fixing it, but he's also taking he's letting making it last one more minute. It's not just he's tying her shoe because she needs, you know, her shoes are untied. It's he's he wants to stay with her one more minute because he knows that he's about to, uh, he's about to get slapped in the face. And he, I, I really, I liked that, and it almost, I could almost see it in like the mom. Uh, she's like always like she, she, she always seems to want one more minute with him when they're having those innocent times, not when they're talking politics at the table. Also, that whole thing of the the child and the mother talking politics was really that was that was really really funny. yeah uh no yeah at the end of the day i i i i enjoyed the movie overall i actually i think it's really good um i agree that it's it's it is messy i like the messiness um i liked it for the for 95 percent of the sure. movie um at the end in order to i just think that in, at the end 
for them to stick together needed to clean up at the very end, and they didn't do it. For them to stick together? What do you mean? Because the two of them are going to stay together as now brother and sister. Oh, I, I, what I'm saying is I if they went their separate ways... I didn't ways, think that. I thought they were going their separate ways. Well, she has all she needs to now live as Inga. She doesn't need to be Elsa. There's no reason for her to be Elsa anymore. She has no family. Her fiancé mm-hmm. is dead. She has no one in the world other mm-hmm. than him. And this is why that nature of that relationship was a problem for me. Like I said, if she walked off and that was the last time they were going to see each other, then okay, totally get it. And it is what it is. Um, and who knows, maybe years down the line, they could reconnect as this older brother, or this older sister, younger brother sure. thing. Um, but considering the, this is literally the war ending, this town just having been bombed out, all the adults in the town now are mostly dead, along with some of the kids. They Neither of them is like a full adult where they would have had like, a, she, she's not going back to a job mm-hmm. somewhere. The kid is 10 years old. He doesn't, gonna have, he's not gonna have a way to he doesn't seem like he has any family in the area he could live right. with. They need they need each other, so they have to stay together. So I would have just liked the ending to be cleaner than that. Sure, that's of where their relationship. That's started. fair. I didn't even think of that. I, I I did think they were just going the separate ways, but I agree. There's nothing that really indicates that that's the case. Um, nor nor that they're staying. Um, leaving them. Leaving them just standing well, they, there. They, they may leave the area, but they're going to have to stick together. No, I didn't I didn't get that. I thought they were going their separate ways, and I thought that that made that dance even more fun. At the end. That little sway was adorable. The whole, what are you going to do when this is all over? I'm going to dance. The, what, what, the conversation that he has with his mom. And then she... Oh, is that what it was? I, I was wondering and then what they, the dancing and then she, was I thought that was so good. Uh, that, that, really, that was really heartwarming. And that final sequence of like the close-up shot of their faces uh, back and forth, and just like the the, the sway, it was just like I I, I no, it was that. a nice moment. I was just confused. I forgot about that. Line. Yeah, and I I thought, and that's why, and the way that that was handled, I did think that they were gonna go. I thought they were going their separate ways. Yeah, I just don't know how they can go their separate ways when you consider the context. You know, like her best defense is to stay with him because she can continue to maintain that lie of being his sister. Mm. And is she just going to leave this 10-year-old kid completely alone? Who she claims to care for like a brother? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I see them. I, 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 see, I guess I could, see, I could see him more going with her and leaving. But I don't think she wants to be there or anywhere near there ever again. Well, that's fine. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree sure. with you that they would leave. Because there's nothing holding them in that specific place anymore. But if they choose to go... I don't know how they could go, but mm-hmm. together. You no. know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, anyway, to other, to other nonsense in the movie. Uh, let's talk about some of the fun nonsense. Let's talk about okay. the scene with the grenade. Because it really... I, <laughs> I was hysterical. Because there's, there's so much happening in that scene that is uh, worthy of belly laughing. And that is, one, him having... All of a sudden... Deciding he has this courage and running, taking the grenade. Uh, the only thing that could have made that better is if instead of him throwing the grenade and hitting the tree and bouncing back, is if he just didn't throw it that far. Like that was the only way that could have been even remotely better. But in that scene when Taika Waititi's jumping and he's doing like that running man jump in his ridiculous Hitler outfit, it it's just so the 
the visuals are just so absurd that you can't help it. It was right out of the trailer. Yeah. Oh my god. So so ridiculous. Everything that happens at that camp is absurd. There's a scene in there where a yes. kid throws a knife at a tree, it bounces back, and stabs the other kid in the leg. <laughs> yes. Buried deep in his feet. Uh, come on now, kids, let's burn the books. <laughs> All of it. Could, could a could a one-eyed Nazi do this <laughs> as he's shooting and he's doing all the different action poses while he's shooting the rifle and shooting everything off the and Rebel Wilson's face during all of that, or she's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the grenade, him running, the two of them frolicking as he's getting ready to throw a grenade, it bouncing back. I was like, oh my god, is he gonna die? Well, yeah, <laughs> when he blows up, I was like, uh did I miss what this movie's about? <laughs> yeah. Also, just Sam Rockwell's face during so many yep. of these things. He played depressed slash alcoholic and like quickly spinning out of control really well and in a way that made me laugh. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and also that whole grenade scene lent itself to my favorite line in the whole movie when he walks up to the two of them at the pool and he goes, well, if it isn't... Ha- ha- <laughs> <laughs> And that was going to be my opening line <laughs> until I decided to go with toss a coin. That, to yeah. Oh, God. So, Sam Rockwell was a treat in this movie. He's a treat in every movie. Let's be serious. But yeah. he, was a, it was a, he was a delight. <laughs> uh, jumping ahead here, uh, the other delight in this, uh, in this movie was uh, Stephen Merchant's Dirtz. Oh, okay. That whole, they nailed the Family Guy execution in that scene. Yes. Well, let's just start with the beginning premise. So this is one of the ones where <laughs> it absolutely nailed the call and uh-huh. response, right? Where the, where the Gestapo, we're here to make sure, you know, oh, but I'm sure everything is fine. Look at that. The picture of the Fuhrer on the wall. Just how every little boy yeah. should be. And then, you know, but, and then there was a, oh, fuck, I don't remember what the line was. There was a line he says at some point about, like, like he's like the way he could the way Steve Merchant could flip a switch on and off from just like whimsical and delightful and funny to super yep. menacing because he's a fucking yeah <laughs> was incredible like that light switch that he could flip from happy go lucky and this is all fun and games and oh um yeah we will we will kill anyone yeah um, he uh, was I, was like, I feel Christ. like he was the uh, the you know uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but like dialed up to eleven, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Um, but so <laughs> that line where when Klenzendorf and Finkel show up and he goes, "What did we miss?" He goes, "Oh, well, we were just Hal Hitlering the little boy, and then we were Hal Hitlering you, and then Hal Hitlering." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when they when they go upstairs, and Elsa comes out. And like everybody's super, well, she's super on edge. And then they do it. That's when they do it the one more time. And that's the one that really yes. got me because it's so tense. As, and just like the look of joy when they're doing yeah. it. <laughs> and she's just. Like, I was like, uh, man, I should not be having so much fun with right. <laughs> I also love. So you get it. Every single time, every one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> you get this idea through the movie. I feel like it gets, it's growing up until the point of this scene but you get the idea that sam rockwell is definitely like you know he's he's a nazi but he there's like (laughs) he's got a there's a good part to him and it's in that scene 
where you find out that he, you know, he lets her slide with the date that you realize, oh, he's, he's, he was like on Scarlett Johansson's character side. I can't think of her name. Rosie Rosie. Sot. I feel like he, I I don't know if he was even, was he part of it? Do you think? Um, unquestionably, um, because she, well, no, I know, I know that I wasn't sure if it was more of the, uh, not that he's. I, I like I don't think that he find like he he agrees with the like with the Nazis. I thought he you know I thought he generally like had like a like a goodness to him. I meant like is he part of her whatever she was in wrapped up in? Oh, I disagree. Um, and this is why. And I actually really liked his character arc. Um, so this is gonna be like a, a little bit on his mm-hmm. character because over the course of this movie, he's a perfect avatar for. If, even though I had some issues with the very end of what they did with Jojo, uh, right? Like, not being able to... In broad strokes, they got it right, right? Like, starts off as a Nazi, realizes it's wrong, rejects it, tries to be better. Fine. We'll just leave the imperfection of it at the end alone. Overall, passing grade. That is what a little kid who's a Nazi gets to Mm -hmm. have that arc, right? He gets to have the happy ending of, I have my sister here. My new sister. As an adult who was a Nazi, he doesn't get that sort of redemption. No. He doesn't get to have a happy no. ending. His happy ending is knowing he did one little bit of good in the world, and then he goes and dies and pays mm-hmm. for his crime. Um, but if you w- watch from his very first scene, he was a tried and true Nazi. Because it's right, killing that he's him not, that he can no longer yeah. serve the yeah. Fuhrer. He's become disillusioned because they cast him aside so mm-hmm. easily. Oh, my eye doesn't work? That, doesn't, that means I don't get to be a Nazi anymore? Can a Nazi do this? And he's an expert yeah, marksman. Right. He still wants to serve the co- cause, but over the course of the months and years and watching, as he realizes the lies that have been told to him, he can't change his stripes at this mm-hmm. point, but he can embrace the fact that he knows he was wrong. Yeah. And he tries to do the one little bit of good. And so I don't think he was in on the plot to protect Elsa the whole time. By the time Rosie had died, he was on board because, remember, he comes running and carrying his bike Mm -hmm. to the house. He wasn't invited to the house. And Rosie was dead, but what's his name didn't, uh, uh, Jojo didn't know. Well, and that's, that's what I'm wondering is, I'm curious of like, at what point does he know about Elsa? I can't tell you at what point, but it's obvious that at that point, two things. One, he was on board Uh with the plot. Two, he knows Rosie's dead because I yeah. think he's going there to race and protect the right. kid, assuming that they're there to hunt for a Jewish girl, not realizing maybe at the time that they were coming to do it because she's being branded a traitor because she's putting those little notes out about free right. Germany. And because he, he shows up, he goes, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, I just thought we were, you know, doing yeah. Yeah, we're doing the Nazi <laughs> thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> and then his final act is to save Joe What a Blatt. scene that is. When he when he rips his his uniform down and like and like starts yelling at him and spits at him. And he and that, yeah, he wife he wife. Get! Get! <laughs> Are you wife banging me? But I I, how, how do you I love that? it's the only book on your Kindle and you talk about it all the time. <laughs> I love that he he has to be louder and louder because Jojo is not getting it right away and he wants yeah. to make sure that they don't hear him not getting it and like <laughs> It's just a, it's a well done scene. Oh God. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Like you shouldn't, 
empathize with this Nazi, despite the fact that it's obvious at the end that he is trying to be better, but in the end, he does need to pay for mm-hmm. his crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets to die knowing that he did the right thing and that he did a good thing. He also gets to die um, so in I his liked that wonderful costume. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, can we talk about what that was exactly? Because I think at that exact moment he showed up on screen, I looked up from my phone for a second. Or looked down on my phone for a second, looked back up. He came on, and my eyes never fully registered what he was wearing specifically. Okay, so he has heavy, heavy eyeliner on. He's got a helmet, one of those helmets with, like, the feathery fur. Yeah, it's like the yeah. field marshal. He's got a, a very luxurious red cape, black and red cape. It looked like he was wearing, like, a World yeah. War One or even before that, like, Prussian yeah. uniform. Like, old-school German uniform before the unification type of thing. But also there was pink. Yeah, all. him and... and um, Finkel were both wearing... They were both dressed to the 12s. <laughs> uh, and it, so the, the two of them were gay. That's... Right? I mean, it's heavily implied. It's never really... Well, it's heavily implied in two specific... One scenes. with his legs over them at the, the pool. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even notice that at first that he had his yeah. legs over him. Because well, at first, I didn't even realize it was them until he okay. actually says the hair hand grenade thing. Hand grenade. Um, <laughs> it just cracked me up. But there's the other scene where they're arguing and all of a sudden the two of them are look like they're going to start making out. And I was like, oh, so there's like Uh a thing going on with the two of them. I just thought it was like an errand boy relationship, but now I realize it's one of those things where it's the errand boys become, you realize you're in love with each other. And then like, it seems like they were dressing up as like flamboyant, like gay Mm -hmm. icons as they're going off to their final battle. They assume they're going to die together on the battlefield. They're going out as themselves. Just assume that that is very much. (laughs) What's up? They were like going out as their true selves, I felt like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Great scene. Just absolutely tremendous. Now, oh, yeah. that led... Just the look the look as he, like, strides across the uh-huh. rubble, getting ready to fire his machine gun. And both of them start firing their guns completely aimless. Well, oh, yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell's just shooting into the air, and... Was uh, uh, it Alfie? Well, he, he's firing from the hip into the air, and Finkel was firing out to because, the left. Because he's also holding, like, a record player. And he's See, and he's blasting music. He's blasting the music that they're going out to. Yeah, I it's guess absurd. So. It's right. such a great scene. <laughs> what it happened? I was like, wait a minute. And like, what is going he on right at now? JoJo before <laughs> this firing off aimlessly. <laughs> oh man, it was very silly. That led to a scene that made me. Uh, it just this was like I don't usually get offended by. By jokes, I could. It's just, you know, it, especially it's just a joke. You know, it's it's fine for whatever reason. This one made me go, Ugh. and that was when um, Foreline Ram is putting grenades on the backs of children and telling them to go hug oh. soldiers. That was so bad because I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah, no, kind of funny, no, because no. yeah, she goes, okay, now you go out there and find an American hug and give him a nice big yep. hug, and I was like. No. Yeah, it's, it's... The, the, the line isn't funny. It's the delivery. And that's why I said, like, and that's the scene that ruined it mm. for you. But, like, it also was the perfect encapsulation of the character. She is batshit oh, yeah. crazy. And maybe the most idealistic of all of them, like, the most Nazi of them all, mm-hmm. 
somehow. <laughs> the most. Um, and I like that's her. Like that's Rebel Wilson's thing. She's in her element playing bad yeah. shit, and also like the comic relief. Like I, she played it to a T in this role. Uh, the the scene where she tries to give him the gun, and the mother's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Another another great line, also in the trailer. Uh, it's a bad day to be a Nazi. That was um, yeah. Yorkie. The two of them, they're the embrace that those two friends have over and over again throughout the movie. Just, it's really, I just love them so awesome much. Uh, the only thing that really concerns me, did did he die? <laughs> Yorkie, no. is he in the end? Um, when I don't know if it was right before or right after. He almost gets dragged off with the Nazis, and then um, Captain Klinsendorf sends him off. He's walking down the street, and Yorkie's just oh, okay, hiding. okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, also, another because he says he says he says, "Well, now that the war is over, I guess." Yeah, that's sense, right. So. That's right. Okay, yeah. he's he's good. Whew, thank God. Uh, the other scene again, another one from the from the trailer. Tremendous scene uh, when Yorkie and the other guy, uh, other kid, are carrying uh, like a bazooka, and he drops it to wave to Jojo, and it just blows up a building. <laughs> Also, it's so great too in that because that's right when they're under attack, yeah. and those guys are like, like, or they're imminently going to be on a, an attack, and all of a sudden, in the middle of this marketplace, a building just exploded, and these guys like jumping out of the way, like tremendous. Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> Absolutely tremendous. Oh god, it's so silly. I uh, wanted to get to uh, Rose's character for a second. The so a couple of things I had mentioned earlier when she ties the shoes together, that really. Really, I I loved that. I thought that was just so adorable. The scene where I, I like I like that she called him Field Marshal. What's that? <laughs> I like that she called him Field yeah. Marshal. The the uh, the scene when uh, they're at the kitchen table and they like have that conversation where you start to learn a little bit about the dad. I thought that was it was that felt very much like a like a one shot of like a basically like a play would be set up and like it was yes. really well done the way she like. The, her performance in that was very much like uh, an actor on stage, like putting the yeah, and that was the only really big scene that like like I don't really she didn't really have enough to do in this movie like why like she was nominated that's, that's what I'm saying like this is kind of a weak class overall like movie actor actress all of it she none of this really screamed like that's the only scene that even came close to like oh like I get it. Mm. Overall, she was fine, but I don't think she was really that special. Yeah. With the exception of that scene was really good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes a scene like that can really make it, though. Like, that was... That really... Like, she stands yeah. out for that, specifically. But I, 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 she was, I thought she was great in the rest of the movie. I thought her, her like, relationships with both Jojo and Elsa were... I, they were, like, very strong and really well well executed. Um, Kim came out and said, and uh, like she blew my mind for a second because I thought she was right. Uh, and we thought that that's her dad. We thought that uh, her husband was Jewish. Well, this was was Kim's theory was that her husband was Jewish, uh, and Elsa, and the kids are Jewish also. But JoJo looks the part, so they were able to kind of hide him away. Like and present him as being German, and that she also has that look. Oh. So like, I w- that would have been an interesting way to go. And like him thinking that she was dead because they pretended she died so that that she could be safe. 
and like him not remembering her because of the age gap. Oh. I thought that was and and when she said all of that, I was like, this is that's insane, and that could really be what's going on here. And then when it didn't happen, I was almost yeah, like oh. <laughs> See, what I had assumed was that the father died, and she just didn't know how to tell mm. him. Um, and what just turned out was that he was in the resistance, right? right? Um, I guess technically we never got closure. I suppose he could still be alive. Yeah, yeah, could be, or 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 it is. I yeah, we just we just don't know. There's no. Yeah, which is a weird. It's weird to just not get closure mm-hmm. on that aspect once we found out. Like, because like I said, I was assuming he was dead, and eventually we were going to find that out. Um, and then it's like, it's also it's a little weird that Elsa's the one who tells him. But not, not that I have a problem with it. It's just it was just a little odd, mm-hmm. um, because it's after she tells him after Rosie's already yeah. dead, right? Um, but like I, they would have no way to contact him. But I guess presumably he'd come home, he'd come home after, yeah. And, and that's why I assumed that at least for a while they would stick around mm-hmm. together to figure out mm-hmm. what's next. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's get into some Taika Waititi. So there's a a handful of incredible things. There's nothing he's going to top. I was going to say, I'm sorry. uh, The the frolicking was incredible. I don't know if you could top at the end when he's clearly playing having committed suicide. Yeah. Hitler with like the blood stain on the side of his head. And he goes, come on, give me a little. Just a little one. Just a little one. Just give me a little one. One, one. Give me a little one. I was like, oh my God. of that. Of that sequence of him kicking him and him flying out the window was, it's just, it's really on par with how completely absurd the character is that he's playing. So good. Oh, of course. Uh, the unicorn callback is amazing. Yeah, I was not expecting Yeah, that. so he <laughs> says that he has to leave because they're having unicorn for dinner. And then in a scene, I don't know, an hour and a half later, <laughs> they're sitting at the table and he's eating unicorn. And if you didn't pick yeah, up on the line head, or right? earlier, it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what I remembered now? I was telling you there was a couple of lines that Stephen Merchant had yeah. or whatever, where like you're clearly making fun of like Nazis, like and it's like oh, like how, but how stupid people who bought into the propaganda and like anyone buying into that sort of you know white supremacist, whatever mm-hmm. you know, pick pick your country that has had these sorts of terrible things go on, right? With the, the, the population has fed these lies to such a certain egregious extent where he says, you may have heard rumors that, you know, our Fuhrer has only one ball. Yes, four. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, This is on. not true. Like, it reminds me of, like, the scenes from the interview when they're talking about the glorious leader and all the, all the different, you know. Uh, no, no, he doesn't have any need for uh, going to the bed. In fact, he does not even have an asshole. He has never shit in his life. <laughs> the, uh, I, I like when uh, JoJo's panicking and he goes to his room and he's like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I know. And he says, and at the same time, they both speak. And he goes, we'll negotiate. And he goes, we'll burn the house down and blame it on Winston Churchill. <laughs> yeah, blame Winston Churchill. such a great line. <laughs> Maybe don't give her any more knives. <laughs> <laughs> also, and what's great about that is five minutes later when Rosie comes home and she goes, where's all yeah. the knives? <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I, can't tell my m- I can't tell my mom because then she'll kick you out. So that's not good for you. 
I can't tell them because they'll come get you, but then my mom will be in trouble, and that's not good for my mom. I can't kick you out because you'll cut off my Nazi head. <laughs> that's not good for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, yeah, that scene was very um, Princess Bride. You know, you're a, a very strong man, which means you would, you know, you could uh, t- put the poison in front of yourself. Meaning, I can clearly rule out the glass in front of you. Yet, you've also studied, yeah. you know, or yes, you're also a criminal, which means I can't trust you. Which means I clearly can't take the glass in front of me. <laughs> uh. You're a smart man who has studied philosophy, knowing your own mortality. Which means I clearly can't. You would want the poison as far away from you. Which means I clearly cannot take the poison in the glass in front of me. Don't you see? It's obvious. <laughs> um. What are you doing? I'm just keeping your also, bed warm. Was, sorry, there was one other. If we're talking about good scenes. Um, there was a, was it, was it Yorkie who was the one who said it? Uh, oh yeah, I think it was Yorkie. Uh, you know, oh, the Russians are coming from the one side and the Americans are on the other side. They may be even worse than the Jews. I heard they eat babies and they <laughs> fuck dogs. <laughs> they have sex with dogs. If they come in here, they're going to eat our children and they're going to rape all our dogs. <laughs> God. I was, uh, the one, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he, Jojo walks into his room and Adolf's in his bed. And he says, tells him he was just keeping it warm for him. I was like, ugh. Yeah. Just, like, it's like, as, as much as all this is cringy, for what this is super cringy, and then he dives out the window. Head <laughs> first. Yeah, <he> <laughs> oh, God. There was another good line. It was, it was funny, but it wasn't in the same vein because it was much more sincere. Uh, it's just, it's just a, such a sick burn where... Um, She's drawing for him. I forgot what it was that he she was supposed to be drawing for. Oh, is it like a map to where all the like the Jews mm-hmm. come from or something like that? This and is... she gives it back to him and he goes, "It's just a stupid picture of my head." And she goes, "That's where we live." And I was just yeah. like, "Oh <laughs> shit." I believe that he says, "It's a stupid picture of my crippled head." <laughs> oh yeah, he might have said crippled. He keeps head. referring to himself as a cripple, which it was really because he, he, he's not, You know what? He has that limp sometimes. That was yeah, I mean, he was mostly gone with it about 10 minutes after the rehab started. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Uh, I love when he... But I just, I was just like, that's such like a sick own for like these, like, like these two little kids. Like, you know, it's just a picture of my head. Yeah. It's what yeah. Like, <laughs> like, mic drop, like walk back to her little closet. And I was just like, yeah. oh shit. I like when he, uh, when he puts the bowl on his head and he's got the pot lid and one of the kitchen knives, or no, a ladle. And he's, <laughs> he knocks on the door and he runs back and waits for it to open. <laughs> You cut off my Nazi head. Yeah. (laughs) So, so silly. Uh, The only, I only have one more note, and that is that we need to end more movies with the German rendition of We Can Be Heroes. Just all movies. It needs to be like. And it it started with a German version of one of the Beatles songs. Yeah, I think so. Right? I don't remember which song it was, but I remember it was playing it, and I was like, oh, is it? I want to hold your hand. Maybe. That might have been it. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's a weird. (laughs) way to start and I, what i assumed was it was gonna be like i assumed him and hitler were gonna be skipping together mm-hmm. holding hands because he clearly loves him oh, yeah. way too much um uh and, and then they started singing in german and i was like huh and like i don't think the beatles ever recorded a version of that in german right i have no idea because whoever they got to sing it sounded an it awful could have lot. been them i have no idea it's just weird that they would have recorded that in in German, but and yet it sounded very right. much like that. Um, but yeah, it's just a weird, weird choice as a song. 
But oh yeah, I, I liked it. it. I don't know. I'm telling you, the next I want the next MCU movie to end with that version of the, <laughs> of that song. So there's. I'm just thinking of like 99. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man. And how there's an like a, there's an English and a German yeah. version of that song. <laughs> Do you have any other notes? Um, no, I just think for you can talk about however you want about Sam Rockwell and. Scott Johansson and all that, and, and Stephen Merchant's very fun turn. Like he, he looks like he's yeah. having a great time, um, but the kids in, are the heart and soul mm-hmm. of this movie, um, and the range that the both of them have to show in this is pretty yeah. incredible. Um, and even though I don't think that that he got everything completely perfect, he's also like mm-hmm. super young, and that's okay. Um, but he got enough really good that I was impressed, and I'm not always. Uh, I'm usually just happy to not notice the acting of a right. kid actor, um, and just them both well, of she, them. Thomas McKenzie, bouncing, uh, she does this incredible portrayal of a young, emotional, frightened, but also very strong child. What's well, what it is? Both of them go back and forth between bold and brash, and then being broken. They're, they're confused, emotional. They're yeah, scared. It's, it's... It's great. They're just love, like, like I mean, both of them at the end the, mm-hmm. love each other, um, and you know, the, the, the just the range was incredible um, and and believable for for both of them. They it he looked the way that a ten year old kid who was so sure of so many things because the other people who he looked up to were so sure of these things and how unsure he becomes, and that fucks with his head as it would with anyone let alone a little kid who realizes he's been lied to his whole life um and just the same way that this girl you know by turn she looked like she was 30 or she was 13 um when she was having to be big and strong or was completely broken down wanted to give up because she doesn't see a way out of this and that's terrifying yeah they, they they did a tremendous job I uh I definitely this will be making its way into my collection when it becomes available. For sure. That's all for this week's episode of Flix in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flix in a Six at spintune.com or tweet us at the Spintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Albie Olsey. Thanks for coming out. to ride along with Geralt of Rivia along came this song <laughs> Witcher Watch <laughs> it doesn't quite have the ring that Manda Watch has um, but we started with it it's, it's, it's not supposed to be delivered in quite the same way because Manda Watch is supposed to be like uh, Brian absolutely. Fantana's Panda watch with like explosions mm-hmm. that are going on when he says it. Witcher watch is just kind of like a fun little like tongue yeah. twister that's going on. Like Witcher watch, watcher, watcher, witcher. Watcher, 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 watcher. So you're now five episodes in. Yeah, so we're gonna just jump right into full spoilers, guys. So if you haven't watched it yet, well, but, but well, before that, uh, are are you in on the show? Okay, Al's yeah, in. Um, I don't like. 
I'm not like sure. enamored of it. Like I'm not completely in love, but I, yeah, I like abso- it. Absolutely. I like it a lot. It's very, very good. All right. Spoilers. <laughs> What's your spoilers all day? <laughs> uh, so I've watched five episodes. So the last one I watched was um, the last, or it was the one where Geralt and Yennefer's timelines converge. Okay. Um, and they meet each other for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, I know the next one is concerning some sort of dragon hunt. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, you, that's, the, that's the one other, you're up to? Than, that's the next one? That's the next uh, one. I haven't watched it yet. Such a good episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know what okay. comes next. So, you know, so now you know the line of delineation. The, the one with the genie where, um, where Geralt needs to find a cure to save Jaskier and meets Yennefer and the three of them, plus that elf whose name I never quite mm-hmm. caught, um, have their little adventure in that town. Um, that's the last one I saw. The, uh, and also that weird, like, shape-shifting assassin has impersonated Mausek. That's right. Is taking Dar. Dar- oh, that guy's that thing's creepy. Rocklin. That shapeshifter. Yeah. Uh, I was I was so bummed when he takes over that guy's body because I really liked that character. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I guess I get to see him do more stuff as twisted version of himself. That's cool. Uh, maybe we'll, yeah, I guess you're like yeah, maybe we'll get some flashbacks or something where I'll get more. That's what I was thinking. Like, like clearly we do some time jumping in this show. Maybe I'll get more of him. But he's just a... A, a lot yes, of time yes, jumping. <laughs> um, uh, one would argue that you don't even know. <laughs> because there's going to be a lot more of it. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I'm not surprised. So here's the thing. I heard there was something... I've read an article a couple weeks ago. Super light spoilers. Nothing important was in that that article. Um, I was just intrigued by the title where... Because the title of the article was something... It was on The Escapist, and it was something along the lines of... um, Like, The Witcher is purposefully hard to follow, and that's okay, or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I clicked it, and I was reading it, and it was... And I mentioned it to you, is like that... They were offering up the, like the concept that the show is modeling itself after the way that heroic tale and like myths are delivered, in which sometimes the details get a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these stories exist out of time, right. even though there's all these different people and they were either a little alive or not at the same time, right? You know and Think about like, <clears throat> and I don't want to get into the theology of it and all like, but like the Bible, like where if you do the math on some of those people in the Old Testament, like they lived like nine hundred years, or what they thought were years is entirely possible mm-hmm. back then. Their concept of the year was not the same as ours, right? And maybe it was nine hundred seasons or mm-hmm. something, you know. <laughs> um, so the but the point is that sometimes things are lost in translation, especially when you have you know. A bard who is embellishing yeah. the facts. Oh my god! As he tells, he is tales. my favorite character. Or he's yeah, tremendous. he's great. Um, That's not how it happened. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my way sounds better. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so I had heard. So I was aware ahead of time. I think I would have figured it out pretty quickly, even if I wasn't aware. But I had heard that there was some wonky timelines, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, now I thought it was just two timelines. I didn't realize it was going to be three right. timelines. Um, but by the third episode, as it was and as it was transitioning into the fourth, I had a pretty good handle immediately of what the timelines yeah. were. 
and where they sat in time. I was like, oh, I are people just not paying yes. attention? Because I've now in the since I texted you, I have talked to three different people who watched the show. Um, one of them had no concept of the timeline and is like, it's my friend Vicky, who we've mentioned. I mentioned on the show in a long Hi, time, Vicky. but has been mentioned on the show before. Um, she was like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. I'm on like the last episode and like, I don't really like it. And I was like, so you're having an issue with the timelines. And she goes, yes, I'm having an issue with the timelines. <laughs> I was like, oh, here you go. Explained it uh, the way that I did when I texted yeah. you and you're like, yes, you have it right. It's like, okay, good. That's what I thought. Um, she still didn't really get it. And I thought that was, I thought I laid it out mm. pretty clearly. And it seemed like I must have because you were like, yes, you are yeah. correct. Um, here, here's the thing. Uh, you gotta if you want to watch the show, this show specifically, you gotta watch it. Like you gotta watch. Like you gotta just. It's not. It isn't hard to follow. I don't think yeah. it's hard to follow. Um, not the timelines part of it. Other things are a little hard to follow. Just oh names. yeah, I. Um, there are so many names of people and places that they barely um, say I, them like, too. The thing is like I like. Yeah, I liked, and there there are just so many of them. I like. I like to have like a feel for it now. <clears throat> like I'm okay with there's that one king from the episode it was the episode it was the third episode because that was how I figured mm-hmm. out the timeline was you see him as an adult Geralt walks into the castle and sees him and his sister as young children and it was either two minutes before that or two minutes after that Jennifer sees those right. two children and for the life of me I have no idea what that king's name was but I was able to recognize the collection of syllables <laughs> that was his name <laughs> Like, because every time someone said those that sound, I was like, "Oh, they're talking about that king." Yeah, I can't tell what the fucking word means, Amazing. but I like th- that sound means that guy. Um, I know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Siri is clear by the fourth episode, in which we understand and learn about the law of surprise, and we oh, understand fuck. what Geralt's connection what they mean by Geralt <laughs> is her destiny, and she is his. Oh what? fuck! <laughs> the great, the greatest <laughs> reaction. <was> <laughs> It was it was one of the best line deliveries in the whole show so far, um, but so then we realized that okay that's about fifteen yards years between those two things right and we knew that Yennefer was forty years before Geralt was at that time mm-hmm. because it's about forty years that guy was a, like a ten year old kid and now he's mm-hmm. like a fifty year old man forty years <laughs> and then the next episode her first line in the carriage is you've served us very well in these previous three decades right. like, oh yeah. It's been 30 years since then. Her time has jumped 30 years. Right. Easy math. Uh, now, I was not on board with the precise math of Geralt's tor- storyline, but I knew there was passage of time. I knew that there was an episode with him and Jaskier, then Jaskier wasn't in the next episode, then he was in mm-hmm. the next one. Time had passed, and then he wasn't in the next one after that, and then he was in the one after that. It's like, he makes a joke like, oh... Let's not make it another decade. And I thought it was just like, oh, it's been like a year or two since I've seen it. No, it's been nine years. It's literally been right. a decade. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that could have been explained just a slightly bit like more. Like, And what's confusing about it is, so Geralt is mutated, has magic, whatever. Doesn't show passage of time on his face. Jaskier should. Mm-hmm. I was a little confused by that because I was like, shouldn't he have some like gray hairs or something to signify the fact that they've known each other for 15 I years wonder, now? Uh, yeah, I wonder if there's something there, though. That we, that, that'll be introduced it's, maybe a little bit later. It's possible. It does seem like royalty maybe, even if they don't have actionable magic, has magical mm-hmm. properties. Uh, when Especially when you consider just the whole concept of Calanthe. Um, her agelessness as well. 
plus her skills on the battlefield, even as a slightly older woman at mm-hmm. that point. Um, I wondered whether we were going to find out if she had some magical skill, um, even if it's just magical enhancement. Right. Um, where, like, she couldn't, like, use magic, but magic had been used on exactly. her. Because she moves in a way that other mortals... The only other person who moves like her is her husband yeah. and Geralt. And Geralt, we know... Had It'd be been, interesting so. to find that... I mean, it, it would be very on brand for him to have made some sort of deal that lets him keep the way he looks forever. <laughs> sure. Uh, also, it's weird that he's some, like, traveling bard where like, he has a title. His name is, like, Lord Jaskier mm. of something. Unless it's, like, a joke title, but... At- I, I thought I recognized... I don't, I don't remember because it's been a few days since I watched it. And like I said, I still don't have... I only remember the names of like three places. Like Sintra, Nilfgaard, right. Peter, and like... And like Aratuza. Like those are the only names I know. I don't remember anything else's place's names. Yeah, like, yeah. So, <laughs> and there's like... I, I found a map because I was getting... like I, Eventually I just need to sit down and be able to conceptualize. Even if everything isn't perfect and even if I'm not going to be able to... Oh, they're heading north. They're clearly going to... I don't need to necessarily know that. But like I know those things for Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. But it's also... Like, I've read all the books. Like, I know... I have a pretty working knowledge of, like, the maps of mm-hmm. those places. I needed something to at least just wrap sure. my head around with this. And I found it, and it led me to... Have you seen the Witcher Netflix, like, website? No. Cool, I'm gonna send it to you. It's great, even though you finished the show. It's a big old map. Not super important, but at least gives you uh, the principle. More importantly, there's a list of the timelines with all the super important right. events both on the screen and what they've mentioned so that you get some backstory. And furthermore, the ones that specifically take place during an episode, it says, featured in episode five. Oh, great. So it takes up any of the confusion you have because there's like four separate timelines. There's like the general timeline of the world. There's Yennefer's Mm -hmm. timeline. There's Geralt's timeline. And then way down on the right side is Ciri's timeline because, you know, the rest of the story takes place long before she was born. (laughs) It's... Man, there's a there's a some of the battles are actually really fun. Like they one of them one in particular very brutal and it's just like very gross. And as so like like for everything else it's a a little bit more over the top gross than some of the other things going on on the show. But uh, I don't know. I feel like overall the production value of the if of the Witcher is is up there. So it's obvious watching it that it has a good budget. But they were definitely waiting to oh, see what the reaction was going to be. They're going to need to increase the budget sure. for the next season. And they've already started working on the next season. Um, but it was pretty obvious. Like Some of this, like the CGI slash effects were really good. And the fight choreography is really, really good. I was impressed. I, I was expected to be mm-hmm. let down by that. Um, but it was obvious. There were some scenes where it's very obvious. Like, oh, this is where they say yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, you're going to hit some of that like, in the next a lot episode. Of, but it's still good. There's a lot of scenes that take place in tents. Um, there's a lot of scenes that take place in just the yep. woods. Just like generally the woods. Um, there's like that one scene on a bridge in front of the castle in episode three where I was like, oh, that is a tiny ass bridge. Why is it so <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, because that's where they're saving money. And you know what? Fair enough. Because like, it's not like there's a fight scene on this bridge or anything. Um, but it is a tactically insufficient bridge. Uh, to be the entrance to a castle. <laughs> Would you agree that the lore of hammers does not apply to Geralt? What is what is the lore of Hammer and Cavill? 
<laughs> Sorry, we've never we've never called it that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have important news. Um, I am finally, much like your takes with Michael Shannon, I'm coming around on on yeah. Henry Cavill. Um, so the thing about Henry Cavill in general is, I feel like I grew up with him because I remember him when he was a wee lad in the Count of Monte Cristo, mm-hmm. and that's like almost 20 years ago now. And he was like, I don't know, 18 in that or something. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, he was fine in that movie. Like, it wasn't like it was a particularly impressive performance, but it also wasn't requiring of it. But, you know, like, he felt like he was mm-hmm. trying. And I think that's really what I realized and why I don't like, haven't liked him is, I think he really hated working on Superman mm. and it showed. Interesting. Um, that's possible. That's not really his, that's not really his fault. Yeah. Like, it's pretty obvious Zack Snyder had a disdain for the character. Yeah. So, like, I could totally get why he wouldn't really want to, like, be doing it anymore. And he was fine in Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, from, from what I've heard, he's passionate uh, about The s- Witcher, so... He's passionate about The Witcher. He's passionate about yeah. video games. Like, it's so, like, I remember when I heard he took this role, I was like... <laughs> and also... Why would they hire him after watching what he was just doing in Superman? It's another... Like, I was, I was wondering if maybe he thought, like, it was below him type of thing. Mm. Like, superhero movies are below me. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, and I was like, so why would he jump right back into another, like, high fantasy thing? Um, but it seems like he has a passion for this material. He actually looks like he wants to be there. And I don't think that his performance is, like, any sort of incredible. But, like, just the fact that he looks like he's trying is a nice... Thing when he's the lead right. in the show, yeah, no, it's, he's he's really he's really good as this character. I I, I really dig it. I I the show is I mean th- this show is a solid seven all around. That's how I that's how I would describe yes. it. Yes, yeah, that and, uh, right. that's and that's not a bad yeah, thing. That's a, we need these shows. They're fun. They're just like it's very entertaining. Uh, it's good. It's fun. I I, I genuinely want to watch the next episode. Like you know, I spend I the last one I watched was on. Saturday. The next episode that you're going to see is my favorite one of the season. I mean, Dragon Hunt sounds like it should be fun. There's so So, much um, to it, though. There's it uh, is high fantasy. (laughs) Well, dragons will do that, but uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised. I was a little worried at first. Once I got the grasp on the Mm -hmm. timeline, I was like, oh, how are they going to do all of this? And then I realized, oh, they're just going to do huge time jumps. Boom, timelines collapse. Um, what that means is that the structure of the show will change to a certain extent. And, and it's actually something I, I found really curious about watching this. Once I got a good feel for that, I typically don't love procedural or episodic television. As we, we discussed this with The Mandalorian, where in the middle of the show, it went to that model, and I didn't super love it. Like, it was three episodes that were serialized, three episodes that were procedural, two episodes that were serialized again. Um, and now that I know that, like, if they do it again, like, I'm fine, like, because I'll know that's kind of the general gist of how mm-hmm. they want to do it. I typically go towards, and I know that there was, like, shows like Justified, or I think is in similar model to The Mandalorian. I typically only go for serialized shows because I like a coherent and cohesive story that continues to be propulsive and go along its, its way. This show, not in the way of The Mandalorian jumping back and forth between them, Intra episode is partially serialized and partially mm-hmm. episodic, which 
is ridiculous. Yep. I've never heard of such a thing, but by playing with these timelines, it lets you do it because Geralt is literally doing a Monster of the Week yep. thing on like his own show, and Yennefer and Siri are serialized <laughs> storytelling, and I'm like, the audacity! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, let me ask you this: occasionally. This pops into my head, and I feel the need to say it out loud because it pops into my head, and then I want to hear it. Stregable. I feel like he says his name <laughs> like that every time. Speaking of which, give me more Stregable because Lars Mickelson is yeah. great. <laughs> Both him and his brother, I really enjoy. Yeah, that one episode when uh, Geralt and Putin are in the. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, when he's like sanctum. That was the first 50, episode. It was fifty-fifty. Where yeah, where he goes into his little like yeah, that was like that was so wild. I was like, where is this show going? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, the Renly storyline. It was fifty fifty. You could have gone with Putin or you could have gone with Sean. <laughs> I wasn't sure which one you were gonna go with. <laughs> and he's great yeah. in both of those roles. And and Mads Mikkelsen was incredible as Hannibal Lecter, as I've said many times on the show. He was really good in Rogue One. It's the only thing that he wasn't a bad guy in, mm. really. Um, I guess he was kind of straddled the line in um, Clash of the Titans. Uh, and he's incredible as a villain in Casino Royale. Of course. He's, there's something else he was in that, that I, I liked him in. But uh, those, the, I, I, give me more Stregobor, just because I think Lars Mikkelsen is great. Um, and, uh, yeah. Do you know who got short shrift in this show? He's a big fan of Iced, the, the Queen Calanthe's yeah. husband. Dude, yeah. dude was great. He was funny, De- definitely. serious. Honorable man, great fighter, got rooked by a fucking archer on a hill. Like, that was bullshit. Absolutely. Um, I was like, I like, as the show's going on, I was like, I don't really understand who these people are yet. I kind of like this guy. Okay. (laughs) I just like the cut of his jib. Like, he was there to support his queen. You never got, like, angsty, like, I'm the king. Like, I need to be... No, she's the one in charge. I'll do whatever she needs. I'll tell her when Mm -hmm. she's wrong. I'll stand up to her and say, hey, you're, you're being dumb right now. Law of surprise, yeah. bitch. Uh, <laughs> also, though, even though I disagree with you, or, like, even though I totally support you and I love you and I want to marry you, um, no, I'm going to go fight yeah. and help them. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go kick-ass kill our own dudes because they're being idiots because you're being an idiot. Um, oh, by yeah, the way, yeah. let's get married. We're going to get married tonight. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, quick with a joke, like... I just like the cut of his gym. He's a good dude. I'm, I'm sorry yeah. to see him gone. I, and that, that, well, that makes me wonder. I, I, I'm curious, like, in season two, how far back will, I, I, what are they going to do timelines there? Are we going to go, are we going to get alternate timelines? Are we going to go, are we going to do flashbacks? Are we going to get some stories that happened even before some of the stuff we's, we've already seen? I'd like that. I, I want to hear, I want more. I just want more of this universe. But we'll see. Well, I'm curious because. With the collapsing of the timeline with Yennefer and Geralt, they can't really go back. Mm. I'm surprised. I was surprised that it happened this early. I didn't think actually that that any of them were really going to meet until like the last episode. Right. Um, by collapsing that timeline, and I don't know. Maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong. I guess, or maybe you can't. In the final three episodes, like whether or not they meet up again, they've never gone. They've never done flashbacks. That's the only true. time we've seen things. Prior to what we've seen is because we're seeing it on a different timeline. Once all three of them sync up, we're going to lose all of that time. Unless in the next season you introduce another new character whose timeline started way before and then would like join right. up with them. You know what I mean? 
And that would give you opportunities then to go look back into the past again. But other than that, now, they could go to a, a traditional model that includes flashbacks, and that's fine. Um, I feel like they won't go to I, that I model because they did something so unique I, this way. But but by, by closing that gap, you're ruining the, the novelty of the show to a certain extent, and it's going to have to stand purely on the merits of... And the writing <laughs> is good. Um... But you can't really once you've like opened that Pandora's box of like they're all on the same timeline, you can't really go sure, back. Sure, that's true. Because like then you're gonna be walking yourself in circles on how you're telling this story. Like we've already passed that. Like that thing doesn't matter anymore unless you're doing a flashback to a specific moment to show how it's gonna affect us in this current timeline. But that's a I, yeah. I, I wonder if we'll get like some some other mechanic of like the minstrel telling the story. Like you're like seeing a reenacting of his story that leads into him actually like if that is a flashback kind of, to a degree, but uh, like leading to him actually in whatever the current timeline is playing the song and telling the story. Well, yeah. If they all if they all get separated again, but they're on the same mm-hmm. timeline, um, you know, you could get a sliding doors type of situation where. You know, you see what one person's going off and doing, and then you see what the other person's going off and doing at the same time, and the stories, you know, there may be three episodes where they're all existing at the same time in completely different corners of the world, and eventually events bring them back to each other or something like that. And that's fine, too. It'll be kind of a hybridized version of this distinctive storytelling with different timelines. The timelines will all be the same, but their locations will all be... But that's still a fairly conventional model. Sure. Plenty of shows have done that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to finish it up so that we can uh, do our Witcher watch next week. I'm 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 caught betwixt and between. I actually found that I could access all of the final season of Mr. Robot on demand, but I couldn't access it from my phone when I was at work. So I had to find something else to start watching. So I started nice. watching The Witcher. So I now have like three episodes of The Witcher and like six episodes of Mr. Robot's <laughs> awesome. watch. And I was like, Fuck, I'm torn, uh, I'm torn. what do I do? <laughs> and then I was like. I can't watch either of those things because you gotta watch Peter <laughs> Rabbit. And I was watching playoff football on Sunday and Saturday, and I was like, ah, I'm getting pulled in all these different directions. And also, I had to finish Jedi Fallen Order. Well, <laughs> <laughs> again, again, again. All right. Well, we'll check back in next week and see where you're at. Cheers.